0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing awesome. And how about this, Joe? Two podcasts for today on the At Odds feed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, again, very rare. So uh,
1: it's it's known worldwide
0: that I hate bits, right?
1: <laughs> Yet you seem to always encourage them, I think.
0: <laughs> I encourage good ones, right? Oh, and I, it. It, I don't like a lot of planning. Like there's people on uh, there's people that I know that their bits involve like seventeen people, weeks of planning. And if like part five of the bit doesn't go exactly right, then everything else falls apart. Right? How dare you!
1: Uh, multi, multi-level bits some would say right it's called storytelling bro
0: <laughs> yeah well i'm kind of of the mindset when it comes to bits it's all about inspiration right uh-huh. an idea pops up you got to strike while the iron is hot and it's just like a bit it's something quick it hits it's in it's out it's done right So, uh, it was very nice, uh, about midnight or so last night, Justin Summers, editor of Pod Van Dam, sends me the file of the show, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't request this, I'm a very vocal, uh, person, uh, when the show isn't out on time, not that I'm like, oh, where's my free podcast, but more so of like, hey guys, did you forget? Because it happens all the time, right? (laughs) Yeah. And... So two weeks ago when I mentioned it to Jonas, he kind of got a little salty with me. So then last week when it happened, like I was just chatting with Ed and Ed sends me a message and he was hot about something else. And he goes, next, you're going to tell me the show's not up. I'm like, well, I wasn't going to say anything, but the show's not up. And he's like, God damn it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, Jonah's been really bitter lately that all of his Stop the Steal candidates lost. Well, he's,
0: he's happy that his uh, his hero is back. Yeah. And I don't want to tip my hand too much for the 19 calls that I called in for next week. But uh, Jonas the Coward, oh, I'll pretend to be a Trump supporter online, but globalist is a bridge too far for me. Coward, anyway. Uh, this is what happens when you're doing 15 bits, you know? They have to either escalate or you really need to commit and then go against your own interests. Anyway. So I have the file. I listened to the show this morning, and it's like noon. It's like one. Show's not up yet, and I'm like, I have the show, and I messaged some other folks. Um, I don't want to incriminate them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I said, Hey, uh, would it be funny if I posted um the at the, the Pod Van Dam show on our feed, uh, on the at odds feed, right? Yeah. And uh, I can't remember what they said. Uh, I think they encouraged it, right? Sure. I mean, why wouldn't they? Let's go back to that picture in a second, <laughs> and just hanging out there. Oh no! So I had tweeted out. Um, I'm like, maybe I'll just put the new blank, 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 three, you know, three sets of stars out on one of my feeds, and I'm like, okay, right? So I'm like, show's not live. Would it be funny if I put it up on the ad odds? somebody's like even if it was just until they uploaded on theirs yes <laughs> and then they suggested that i edit in a bunch of like add-ons and long box hero stuff but that'd be a lot of work <laughs> and it was a lot of work so i i sent ed a message and i said essentially the same thing i'm like hey would it be funny if i did this right
2: yeah
0: and uh what did let me pull up ed here we're gonna get to the actual show we got a soft out at
1: 11:30, <laughs> but we'll see the, the next time this happens, I just want to let you know, if you get the Pod Van Dam episode at midnight, like the night before, send yeah. it to me immediately, and I'm going to go in and just edit the shit out of it, and it'll be like the Vansky cut. Okay. <laughs> and if we have to upload it first, again, uh, it'll have a – let's just say that certain elements will be removed from the show.
0: <laughs> right. Um, and I, and so Ed says, uh, oh, dude, uh, uh. I mean, I think it's funny, but who knows what the other three will think. I love bits, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that. well, they're right there. That's Ed. Sure.
0: I go, okay, it's going up in five minutes. I'm like, I'll delete my version once your guys goes live, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I do it. I send it out. And I don't think their show goes out for, like, another, like, two and a half hours after I put that out,
1: you know? Yeah, it was about two hours. Cause I, yeah. I, I so, that and I, as soon as I, they, they did, I
0: deleted friends. it out and everything else like that, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did double check with Ed. And I'm like, is there any uh, heat on me in the Pod Van Dam group chat over this? And I was told that they all thought it was funny. Not that any of them listen to the show or will hear this other than Ed. Uh, but again, it's a silly bit. Won't happen again. Uh, I apologize to my wife, Nancy, for the Jessica on Hot Tub incident. And uh, we're going to get on with the show.
1: <laughs> all right, fair enough.
3: Now, At Odds with Wrestling presents this day in wrestling history.
0: That might have been popping all over the place, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so, hey, this day in wrestling history, a lot of things happen on this day in wrestling history. A huge day in th- this day in wrestling history. Uh, So let's look at when pay-per-views line up, because on this day in wrestling history, 1996, from Madison Square Garden, World Wrestling Entertainment held their Survivor Series pay-per-view. Okay? Okay. Uh, Very notable show. It's the in-ring, on-TV debut of The Rock, Key My (laughs) Via. Okay. Uh, First third-generation superstar, real blue chipper... He's got the blue and leopard print outfit. He's got the Chia Pet hair. And he's got a bunch of... And he's got a shoulder breaker as a finisher. Um, and he wouldn't really find himself for, like, another, like, almost... Uh, let's say, like, another, like, nine months before he really finds himself, right?
1: Yeah, I've been reliving this part of history in a totally accurate and not at all changed for dramatic purposes <laughs> on Young Rock recently. <laughs>
0: Uh, So also on this show, uh, we have the return, uh, first time in-ring match uh, for Mr. Hitman since WrestleMania earlier this year. Uh, A couple Raws earlier, he had announced that he had signed a lucrative 20-year deal with the World Wrestling Entertainment, and he returned here to take on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Great match, as good as the WrestleMania match is. Um, you know, they had the trilogy of match, the trilogy of singles matches on pay-per-view, this one, the WrestleMania match, and In Your House, Cold Day in Hell. All three of them are great. I know you're going to be shocked that 1996, pre-broken neck 1997, Steve Austin and Mr. Hitman had really good matches.
1: Yeah. And how crazy is it, this is another one of those situations where you're like, oh, God, we're fucking old, that that 20-year contract, if it had been, like, actually honored, uh, would have already expired five years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like when the, when that was announced that he signed the twenty year contract, we were like, "Oh man, we're you and I won't be alive when that thing's over." That's so far down the road. You know? I, you're right. Couldn't
0: comprehend the time frame as a teenager. Yeah. You know, however the hell old I was, like nineteen or whatever I was. You know. Yeah. Uh, but the main event sees Sid, who is coming in very firmly as the heel, uh, taking on Shawn Michaels, who is the defending champion. Very clearly the baby face. Uh, However, things were not meant to be that night at Madison Square Garden, Uh, even though they do a dirty finish with Sid, where Sid grabs a camera off one of the ringside cameramen, not like photo cameras, but like video cameras. Mm -hmm. Lightly pushes against the chest of Jose Lothario, and that leads to the finish as Sean goes to attend to Jose. Sid beats him to the uproarious cheers of the crowd, right? Yeah, well, the fucking New York crowd, they don't know what they want. Right. Now, <laughs> me, uh, being an attention deficit criminal, I was watching this pay-per-view, of course, but the night before, I was at the, the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia for November to Remember, 1996. The And the main event of that show was Shane Douglas and primetime Brian Lee taking on Terry Funk and Tom Dreamer. And the finish of that match... Was Shane Douglas grabbing a video camera off a ringside videographer smashing it into Terry funk and pinning him for the for the victory
1: now you said before, like we've talked about this that like the plans of w w e maybe not in this era but like maybe late eighties early nineties were scripted like very regimentally and out in advance. Do you think this is a situation of somebody like Sid or Sean or an agent was watching the ECW thing, or they just got wind of what the finish was, and they were like, fuck WWF, we're going to copy it.
0: Okay, at the time, I was like, those motherfucking WWF stealing this from ECW, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to say that WWE and ECW were working very close at this juncture. Um, It would become much more apparent like six months from this point maybe less uh but i think paul probably got word of this finish and attempted to scoop the heat of the survivor series finish
1: like if you're in a working relationship with a company that's presumably keeping you from shutting down why would you do that like that seems like you're biting the hand that feeds you
0: because paul can't help himself <laughs> baby
1: Ugh. there's only two or three ways you can possibly end a wrestling match so i mean what are the odds that they the the copy over you know Ugh. right whatever
0: well uh, adam on this day in wrestling history 20 years ago uh, world wrestling entertainment would hold their survivor series event from Madison Square Garden in New York uh, this is a show where the big the brand split has already happened uh, the big four pay-per-views. I think King of the Ring is going to be phased out here shortly. But the big four pay-per-views were joint pay-per-views between Raw and SmackDown. And then each other company had their own individual pay per view So it's Survivor Series, so everyone's on it. Pretty much every title changes hands on this show. Uh, Billy Kidman beats Jamie Noble for the Juicerweight title. Victoria beats Trish for the women's title. Big Show beats Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Uh the Guerrero's win the Smackdown tag titles and in the main event in the first ever elimination chamber match Shawn Michaels with his shit brown gear and his mm-hmm. Dutch boy haircut finally redeems himself from 6 years earlier and wins the world title to a chorus of cheers from his adoring fans in New York City. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, I was so pumped when this happened. Now even nineteen or I'm sorry two thousand two Adam recognized how ridiculous he looked. Uh but I am questioning right now if there's an action figure of that look. I think it'd be nice to own as a bit.
0: Um I'm sure there is a Sean, like a Survivor Series Sean. Like it's probably that gear, but they probably didn't give him the shitty haircut.
1: Ah, that doesn't count then. Yeah. I have to do a custom. <laughs>
0: Uh, Also, on this day in wrestling history, before we get to the biggie, on this day in uh, 2014, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, Luke Harper uh, defeated Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title. And uh, I only mention that because it was the only singles title that John ever had in WWE. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And this and their pay-per-view match that they have at TLC are both really good. And I know you're going to be surprised at that, but... Um, you know, when John was given the ball and Ziggler's good, you know, he may be like around too long and is kind of looked at as an afterthought and a joke, you know, here some eight years later, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a really good match. I just wanted to give it some props. Go seek this one out, uh, as well.
1: Yeah. Very short singles run, you know, Luke Harper was given, but it always stood out, you know, you're for people like myself who never saw anything pre-Wyatt family, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, shit, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah. And then it was put back with the Bludgeon Brothers, and it took until AEW to, to see it again.
0: Yeah. If only he could speak with a southern accent, you know, he'd have he'd have had a longer run, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, Vince made him shave the bald spot on the top of his head, and he did that's, that. So That's right. That's right. I mean, he's a team player. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the biggie,
0: of course, head-to-head Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro, 1997, 25 years ago. Uh, Raw was taped; uh, the pre, you know, it was taped the previous Tuesday in Cornwall, Ontario, and Nitro was live. Mm-hmm. And somebody who was on that Raw, who opened up the show, may have been working without a contract. And as soon as they taped that uh, Tuesday Raw to air a week later called up eric bischoff and said eric it's me rick and i know i'm past my time but if you want me to shave off this beard just down to a mustache and come out and open your program then i'm your huckleberry because this is the infamous rick root appears on both raw and nitro the same nights
1: yeah, I was watching this on uh, Twitter today. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, what am I going to do if I can't watch this day in his, this day in WWE, you know? On that dude is a Substack now. Go follow oh. him
0: on the Substack.
1: I don't know what that is. Um but yeah, I was watching this uh you know his him opening uh with DX on Raw and then opening with uh, the NWO on WCW and saying a bunch of slanderous things about Shawn Michaels. I don't appreciate that, but I remember my tiny little brain being blown away by this. This was yes. awesome, and it wasn't he on like ECW just like a week before as well. Yeah,
0: it had aired like the Saturday, like you know, it would have aired the Saturday prior. It was taped like maybe like two weeks prior to that. Uh, but yeah, uh, that ended his run in uh, ECW since he was working without a contract. ECW, WWF, and Bischoff signed him up to a contract lickety-split,
1: you know? Yeah. A lot of spite signings from Bischoff back in the day, you know? Oh, boy, you ain't kidding. <laughs> now, this rude promo, while you
0: watch it, I watched it as well, um, it was supposed to be this big bombshell thing, man. It was supposed to set the wrestling world on its ear, you know? Mm-hmm. But little did they know, on the other channel... We would get the infamous Brett screwed Brett promo from Vince. <laughs> now, watching this in just clips was not enough. I had to go pull out the cock, <laughs> dial up some Vince, and sit back and enjoy Vince on the cock, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Vince, in his mind, thought him, if you, even if you watch like the two minute clip or the two and a half minute clip that's out there on social media. Um, you get the idea that Vince is like an asshole, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I saw, I think this is where you're going with this, that in Vince's mind, that was going to put him over as a babyface.
0: Yeah! <laughs> and and it was just one of those things where, like, he does this, he's off TV for a little bit, and I don't think Vince shows back up on TV until, like, January, where they start making the announcements that Tyson is coming in,
1: Right. Yeah, because then they had the Austin stuff. How Austin ruined it? You ruined it, right? And it was the Vince doing this, and the public
0: and internal reaction to how bad Vince came off in this was what finally convinced your your Bruces and your Cornets and your Russos to get Vince to play a heel character on TV.
1: Yeah, and the rest is history.
0: Right. <laughs> Uh,
1: that being said, both uh, Raw and
0: Nitro overall sucked. Uh, as I look at a t- at two hours of both shows, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches, eight matches on Nitro, uh, four of them end by either disqualification or double countout, one, two, three, four, five, six matches on Raw, five of them either end in a disqualification or no contest. Jesus. <laughs> uh And maybe this will be a nice bridge to what we discussed, uh, or what we want to discuss from the last couple weeks. The only match that had a finish was the cruiserweight title tournament match of Eric. Don't call me Alex Shelley. No relation. (laughs) Taking on Scott Taylor, who would later become Scotty Tuati.
1: Oh Yeah, I'm looking at the. Well, what about the uh, the Max Mini, the Minis match that? Oh, wait, Kane.
0: Kane came (laughs) out and uh, threatened the minis. And then the headbangers came out to save the minis. And uh, then Kane got both the headbangers.
1: Oh, jeez. All right, yeah, looks like a banger of a show. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Thank God that WWE is so much better now. Yep. (laughs) Thank you, Papa H.
0: No, no. (laughs) No. So, what would you like to talk about from these last couple weeks or this last couple days, huh?
1: Uh, I have two uh, totally unnewsworthy things to talk about, but I will start things off by saying, Joe, who the hell is Joe Hendry? I never heard of this guy before a week ago, and now he's the digital media champion and impact. God, you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that there was an even bigger injustice I'm going to talk about in a second, uh, this would have made one of my big... I would have put this in no, all heat, no heaters. But, Joe, I'm not going to harp on the Joe Hendry thing. I have bigger fish to fry. Much, much bigger, fatter, out of shape, old, unentertaining fish to fry. And that's Tyrus winning the NWA title at something called NWA Hard Times. Now, there was a time probably back in like the 80s, early 90s, maybe even when were, the belt was in TNA, that the NWA title meant something, and it hasn't meant something for a long time, at least until a certain Deathmatch King had it and brought it to some prominence. But then you're going to have Trevor Murdoch versus broski versus Tyrus. And out of those three people, I think even you, Joe, you would have to say that Matt Cardona is the more marketable person out of the three, excluding uh gutfeld audience. Uh complete head scratcher. This is even more of a head scratcher than when they put the impact belt on Moose instead of Broski. Uh, maybe John Thorne's the only guy who has any sense when it comes to strapping up somebody. Uh, but Man, Tyrus is just an objectionable person and an objectionable wrestler, and he makes me look like Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner as far as his conditioning. Like, and I get it; like, you don't have to look good to be a good wrestler. But he's just—he's a terrible person, so and like a shitty, shitty fucking human being. So I—I feel like I get a pass on insulting his like bloated corpse appearance. But God. NWA, man, not that I'm a fan, but I I pop my head in every once in a while, and then they pulled this shit. I'm glad I fucking stole that main event.
0: (laughs) So I'll say this. I'm glad everyone is so up in arms over this. Even people who are in the business, people who are wrestlers, who were outraged that they did this to the NWA title. And I'm glad you care. I don't care. NWA hasn't meant a goddamn thing since 1991. And Billy Corrigan, it's his vanity promotion that just happens to have the NWA name name on it. And Billy Corrigan gave interviews. And yes, okay, does Tyrus look like a bag of shit? Absolutely. (laughs) Is he the main reason that I'm not going to attend the major broski toy drive live show? Um, he's at the top of the list, but there's maybe like about four or five other people that they booked that I'm like, nah, I don't want my donated toy going to them, you know? (laughs) But like, Tyrus is worthless. He sucks, but I don't care about the NWA. And like, this didn't make me care any more or less about the NWA. Um, so Billy Corgan in his interview, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. He essentially says, Like, if you can't get into a match like Trevor Murdoch against Tyrus and Broski or a match like Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Are these two wrestling matches that I just mentioned? Absolutely. Are they even in the same ballpark, the same league as being close? Not a fucking chance, right? Yeah. Not a knock on Broski. But Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley perform at a very much higher level than two out of the three people in that match. And now Broski is out of himself as a guy who doesn't take drop holds or doesn't catch dives. He's, <laughs> you know, he's going down a little bit on the list, right? Yeah. Um, but Billy Corrigan has a vision. And he's like, I book for what I want to. And everyone else, like, I want to see, okay? And everyone else is like, how dare you do that? oh my God, you're supposed to book for what we want. The people who don't watch your product and (laughs) bitch about everything that you do. Okay. Eric Bischoff didn't book for his audience. He booked for what he thought was going to make money. And he got rid of the WCW audience was there and ran off anyone who was a fan of WCW pre-1994. Some of them hang around for a little bit, but once WCW is dead, they never came back. Mm -hmm. Vince, for the most part of his career, booked to make money. But once he started making money, he booked what he wanted to see. Braun panty matches, mud matches, well beyond their time, Barry and the babyface in their hometown. That's all Vince's stuff. He wasn't booking for you. He was booking for them. Tony Khan at AEW, he books for himself. Again, is it great that there's a segment of the crowd, myself included, that is... beyond a reproach that we're getting Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama this weekend? Absolutely. But that's the booking of an internet message board kid, which is what Tony Khan is, right? Mm. The the thing, the difference between what Eric Bischoff did and what Tony Khan is doing and what Vince McMahon did and even what Triple H is doing now, right? I go to an interview that I read recently from 30 years ago with Neil Gaiman, where Neil Gaiman talks about Sandman. Okay. And he says that what he's writing for Sandman is everything he wants to do. Very little editorial Im- input from DC becoming vertigo, right? Mm. And he said that with the current glut, this was right before the boom happens in comic books. And he says, I hope that retailers don't overorder on these new books and sacrifice ordering copies of my book because while I'm writing the book for me, I'm writing the book for the people that are like me and when they find my book, they're going to love my book. I don't think Billy Corgan is going to find the people that like the way he books. And I don't think the people that are like Billy Corgan, like wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if you're a creative visionary again, short amount of time, long amount of time, like a Vince Russo, like an Eric Bischoff, like a Vince McMahon, like a Paul Heyman, like a Neil Gaiman. You will find your audience. You put your product out there, and the people who want that sort of thing will find it. All Billy Corrigan is doing is alienating people and attracting people who are going to make fun of what he's doing.
1: Yeah. And I've said this before, you know, you can say what you want about, like, either broski or Myers, when you have them on your show or you're showcasing them or even you put a a belt on them you're gonna get you know it's tried and true that you're gonna get a lot of their fans at your shows like tyrus couldn't draw 50 people to a control your narrative show right so i don't don't know maybe like fans of smashing pumpkins will be like in love with tyrus we'll say
0: highly unlikely
1: yeah all right what do you got
0: All right. Well, we talked about all these different things that don't work. Let's talk about something that does work. This past Friday night on SmackDown, backstage being interviewed by one of the interview ladies on SmackDown is the multi-million dollar Hollywood megastar from Hagerstown, Maryland, LA Knight. And listen when you got a young up-and-coming talent in their <laughs> early 40s and you need to have them give somebody else a rub, maybe somebody that hasn't been around for a while, maybe he's a fresh face, maybe he's trying to get a new uh, you know, box of gimmicks over, what do you do? You have the kid, L.A. Knight, rub up against him in the hopes that it gives him a little bit of cred- credibility, a little bit of cachet, a little bit of something. So, of course, they're going to give Bray Wyatt, the L.A. Night Rob. (laughs) (laughs) This Uncle Howdy stuff ain't getting over. Uh, L.A. Night is the first, like, non-Bray Wyatt, like, wrestler to acknowledge the spooky shit that's going on. Because, like, mostly, like, the commentators don't really address it that much. It just kind of happens and the segment ends and the show ends and, like, technical support people backstage. But, like, L.A. Knight is the first, like, non-spooky person to acknowledge the spooky stuff.
1: Maybe he is spooky and we just don't know it.
0: <laughs> Listen, how he can commute from Hollywood to Egertown, Maryland. <laughs> you know, I think there's a portal involved. But um, all kidding aside, um, on my dream journal booking for L.A. Night on the SmackDown roster, I had him getting about as high as Madcap Moss. <laughs> so the fact that he's in a program, at least for one week, with Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, we could, I think, I think uh, it was, it was, I'll just say it was a happy day in Hagerstown, Maryland on Saturday.
1: <laughs> I'm happy for you that this bit, I mean, this love. Is continuing and it's advancing. <laughs> um, I worked myself into a shoot with this one. Come on, you did. yeah, you can't get out. You know. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say real quick about Bray Wyatt again. I, I, we've talked about this before. That uh, he, I was already committed. I've been a fan of the Wyatt family. I've been a fan of the Firefly Funhouse and Fiend stuff. So I was giving this a try. Uh, This is falling flat for me, and I was already going into it with, like, open arms and, like, an open mind. You know what I'm saying? Uh, If I see that stupid Uncle Howdy mask one more time, I'm just going to start fast-forwarding through all the Wyatt stuff. I don't see any reason why they can't just keep him as the guy who interacted with L.A. Knight. You know, just be Bray Wyatt, be, you know— uh, rotundo or whatever and have that little bit of crazy where you you can get, you know, you can snap at any moment, but you don't have to fucking bring the spooky in. Nobody wants that anymore. But anyways, end rant. Anything else you got? Uh, yeah, I'm going to just talk real quick about Dynamite last night. Uh, There was a really cool match between Claudio and Danielson versus Jericho and Sammy Guevara. A real fun match between the Blackpool Combat Club and the J.A.S., but the reason why this is uh, something I'm going to talk about real quick is friend of the show and definitely not paid to call in Ian Riccobani, Uh Mentioned by name during commentary, the Target exclusive Sammy Guevara figure with the TNT title. And then he talked uh, about the ringside exclusive Excalibur figure. Uh, props to him for talking about figs on national TV. But I will say, Ian, because I know you're listening, speaking on behalf of the second biggest wrestling figure podcast in all of uh, podcasting, stay off our turf. That's it. Don't talk about wrestling figures again or we're coming for you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but that's uh,
0: He also mentioned Mark Young, who was the original breakdancing wrestler.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, and there was one other thing that he mentioned that was really funny on commentary. But, yeah, Ian's awesome. Ian's the best. And I don't know if you saw him this morning. Um, like, he had tweeted out yesterday um, how happy he was to be at the tapings, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and some dickbag replies to him and says, How much did Tony Khan pay you to tweet this, Huh? And Ian replied, I get paid very well each time I appear for AEW or Ring of Honor. It's a blessing that I don't take it for granted. My kids want for very little. It's a special feeling when you're a guest and you're treated like someone who's been around for a long time. It's okay to express gratitude. (laughs) Nice. Whereas if it was me, I would have said, go fuck yourself.
1: (laughs) Both are, I think, adequate responses. You know, just two different sides of the same coin. Yes. Um... But yeah, good on Ian. Great uh, great to hear some expert analysis of figures. Don't ever let it happen again.
0: <laughs> um, so you mentioned Dynamite, and I'll throw this out here in a rare bit of praise. Um, that was a hell of a promo from Britt Baker, huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought she was supposed to be the heel in this.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very much a babyface promo. Um, most of her heel stuff feels forced and phony. That felt like she might have been like cutting a promo with her heart, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it resonated a bit. Whereas, um, somebody else said with the closing segment with Moxley and uh, MJF that uh, Moxley was cutting a promo like a guy who was getting a, getting ready to take a vacation that had been canceled two months prior. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Didn't know what day the pay-per-view was. Stopped selling the beatdown immediately after the guys left the ring.
1: Um, he, he's so the, the guy. It, it's the last week of school, and he's already passed, so he doesn't even have to attend the finals. Yeah, so yeah, He's yeah. about
0: ready to start summer vacation. Or it's one of those things where, like, his parents planned – like, okay, we know school gets out on June 6th, right? So we're going to plan to leave for Disney on June 7th. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we did these plans a year in advance and we had like six snow days. So now the actual last day is the 10th of June, (laughs) but those are non-refundable plane tickets. So we're still (laughs) leaving on the 7th.
1: Yep. (laughs) No child left behind. They can't fill you anyways, these days. That's true. Yeah. But as far as the Soraya and Brit Baker thing, Uh, I was 100% not in the Soraya camp, like as far as like not giving a shit until her promo last week when she was like, you know, I've been humiliated, you know, as far as like all the social media stuff and the leaked videos. And she talked about her drug problem. And I felt like, okay, that's tipping the scales of sympathy over towards team page. And then Britt Baker did that promo where she not only, she said like, Hey, I respect the fact that I feel sorry for you. And I, I sympathize, but, I did X, Y, and Z in this company over the last couple of years and mentioned the pandemic and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, the scales are right back over towards Britt Baker, you know? So like in my mind, you know, Britt Baker is the one that's like, Hey, go, go Brett, you know, but that could change on, on whatever rampage, who knows?
0: That's right. There could be a lot that happens on that hour show,
1: the fastest <laughs> hour in all of wrestling. Exactly. But what else you guys That it? I think that's it. But Joe, I don't know if you know this. Speaking of uh fastest hour of television, uh, there is a pay-per-view this weekend.
3: Is Sammy Zayn's kicking down to the ring? Is Kobe King
4: doing his thing? Ruby Soho
2: on the show.
4: Brian Danielson. No, no, no.
3: Is it the big dog's Yard? Let's find out don't know
1: the car see the ruby soho one doesn't pop me but the brian danielson one does i don't know why and they both a, pop me <laughs> well like they initially both did but now i just i hear the ruby soho one and i'm like okay yeah, that's so cool and then like the second one gets me i don't know but joe did you know that aew is holding a pay-per-view this saturday entitled full gear i did because i'm going to the pay-per-view live
0: What? Yeah, baby.
1: All right. Well, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, there are 11 announced matches, Joe. One of them is on the pre-show. Joe, do you know the card?
0: So that's interesting because... Okay, so yes. So 10... So I... Okay, okay. I think I know what matches on... The pre-show because Tony Khan today said that the pay-per-view itself is only going to be ten matches, right? Yeah, lean ten matches. A lean ten matches. All right, so uh, let's let's work this out. We got we already talked about Moxley versus MJF. Yep. Uh, we talked about Britt versus Soraya.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have uh, Jade versus Nyla Rose. Yep. We have. Jamie Hayter taking on Tony Storm. That is correct. That's four. Okay. We have uh, Jungle Jack Perry taking on Luchasaurus in a cage match.
1: That is five.
0: Now, I just want to throw this in there. On his podcast this week, uh, Mick Foley claims that he talked to young Jungle Boy Jack Perry about some strategy for the cage match. Oh, interesting. Just leaving that one as it is. Uh, okay, so that's five. We got the four-way for the ROH title, which is Jericho, Sammy, Danielson, and Claudio. That's six. Uh, we got the triple threat of big meaty men slapping meat of Samoan Joe, Wardlow, and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse. That's seven. Now... Uh, is, oh, so we have the six-man for, ta- for the tag titles, which is um, Death
1: Triangle versus Kenny in the Box. Yep. And I just want to say when uh, when Pac was cutting the promo, saying, like, you can have all these vignettes and the rumors about a certain group returning, I was like, yes, yes, uh, Aleister Black and Brody King and Buddy Murphy are coming back. And then they're like, oh, it's the Elite. And I was like, oh, I forgot about them. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> <laughs> now the um so they're like not to say that the bucks and so forth weren't insufferable to be insufferable to begin with but now they're going to somehow be like doubly insufferable right yeah their competition is
2: gone mm-hmm.
0: now the ricky starks match i think is what's moved to the pre-show
1: uh yes maybe okay and I'll I'll go into detail on this. So the finals for that eliminator tournament aren't until next week's dynamite. Right. So on uh the show tomorrow, uh Rampage is going to be uh Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. And then the winner of that will face Brian Cage in the pre-show. Okay. So it's Brian Cage versus Lance Archer or Ricky Starks. Okay. Okay.
0: I knew they were doing something with Ricky having to work two matches.
1: I just wasn't sure on how that was all going to work out. Yeah, two in back-to-back days. So the winner of Cage versus Archer or Starks will face Ethan Page um, November 23rd on Dynamite.
0: Right. Uh, We have Swerve in Our Glory against the Acclaimed for the tag titles. Yep. And, uh, Adam, then we only have one more match left, right?
1: Uh, Looks like it. I'm going down here. I think, yeah, there's only one left.
0: That's right, Adam. And that one match that's left, it's the main event. Yep. (laughs) It's the match that I paid my ticket for even before I knew it was going to happen. He's already ended the career of Ric Flair this year. And Sting don't know it yet. But they need to start billing this match on Saturday as Sting's last match. (laughs) As Sting and some other guy... Are taking on some other guy that doesn't matter. And double J, Jeff Jarrett, the last <laughs> true outlaw of professional wrestling. Adam Rampage is gonna have, I mentioned before, Eddie Kingston and uh, Ortiz taking on Takeshida and Juna Kiyama. That match is gonna be great. That match is for DJ and Brett. Okay, that match is for Eddie. Yeah. Saturday. This match is for me. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of this bit, Joe. Big fan.
0: <laughs> I forgot to play it at the beginning of the uh, the segment. Uh, um. I might have been
1: distracted by something. <laughs> oh, when people sign up for our Patreon and see what it is that we're distracted by. <laughs> Anyways, well, again, yeah. you
0: don't have to sign up for her Patreon to see stuff like this, right?
1: It's an OnlyFans, but... <laughs>
0: Same difference.
1: <laughs> yeah, how, how long does the spooky song just do the where, where before it kicks in? Or does it I, just do this the whole time?
0: It just did this so the whole time.
1: Oh, it did this, and then it turned into the TNA one, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: So, it's gonna be, so, uh, so I know Tony Khan was saying, like, this pay-per-view, uh, a theme to a lot of the matches is old versus new. And looking at the card, it's only, like, maybe, like, four of the seven matches, four of the 11 matches are old versus new.
1: Yeah, like, do they consider Nyla Rose old because she was, like, one of the earlier women's champions and Jade Cargill's new? or Right. Like... Who's the old in Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy, huh? Yeah,
0: they were both signed at the same time. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, that, that theming doesn't make any sense. I'm sure you guys can ask it about it on the presser afterwards. Right.
0: I hope we do get on the media scrum. We missed the phone call today. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather be there in person. I do have some questions, of course. Yes. I'll follow all the rules. I think we might just crash the presser. Worked out so well the last time,
1: you know. Yeah, just flick your tickets as you're walking in. <laughs>
0: So any thoughts, any feelings, any anything going into this pay-per-view?
1: Yeah, I mean, lots. Like, I, I, I'm going to watch it from at home. You know, I did get an invite from you guys. Thank you, but I declined. Uh, so, I mean, predictions-wise, Moxley versus MJF. Man, like, I don't want MJF as champion, but I feel like that's the, the, the shoehorned route we're going and obviously you mentioned Moxley's (laughs) promise to vacation Uh, so I think MJF is winning the title but it's a question of does he win it straight up or Mm -hmm. does he win it with the firm helping him and it was a swerve all along does Regal turn there's like a lot of questions with that but I think MJF comes out of that as the champion.
0: Yeah I'm with you that I think MJF is coming out as the champion and I also think that there's like seven or eight different avenues that this could take. Mm-hmm. And all of them make sense in the grand scheme of what they've booked this angle to be. Yeah.
1: And I'm fine with whatever. Uh, I just hope, like, I have been a fan of the little bit of character development we've gotten from MJF since he came back. And I would hate for him to go back to the, you know, your girlfriend's fat and your home team sucks. You know, right? Just, like completely erase all of it just to to put the belt on him. You know, so we'll say, uh, women's title. Uh, sorry, hater hive. I'm Team Tony Storm, so I think Tony retains until they bring back Thunder Rosa. You the know, bu- the buzz will
0: be in effect, baby. Jamie's bringing that title home.
1: Nope, not happening. Not happening. Um, Ring of Honor Championship. Ah, uh, definitely not Guevara. Nope. Uh I'm hoping Danielson. But I can see Jericho retaining. I could see Claudio winning, but I'm hoping Danielson. I
0: think Jericho retaining is the only outcome. Yeah, really? Yep. Why is that? Um, because it's Chris Jericho and he has a bunch of political power since everything that happened with CM Punk being gone. No. All right. Don't like it, but. Uh, oh, I don't, obviously... I'm not saying I like it. I'm just <laughs> saying that's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, acclaimed retain.
0: Yes, yes, and I think we get the official uh, Keith Lee and uh, uh, Swerve Strickland split here, finally.
1: Yeah, they've been teasing that for too long, and I don't think anybody really cares, you know, so I think it's like, all right, let's pull the trigger and get that storyline started before, uh, because I feel like Keith Lee has just lost all of his buzz. I think people still love Swerve, because he's the coolest, but... uh, you know, have him feud with Keith Lee. Showcase Keith in a singles match. That'd be fun. Um, Jade Cargill retains slash gets back her belt. Yep. Uh, Britt Baker versus Soraya. Uh, I hate to say it, but, I mean, they're probably going to have Soraya win in her first match back in several years.
0: Uh, Soraya's going to win. Bell the Bell is going to gonna be less than five. A mm. lot of Gaga before and after. Crowd's going to be very pro-Brit.
1: Yeah. I can see them turning Sarai heel, like, being like, "Are you people are ungrateful I worked my butt off to, to yeah. get back here, all that stuff.
0: I, I see she plays heel at the pay-per-view, cuts the heel promo uh, next week on Dynamite.
1: Yep. Uh, Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy. Uh, hmm. I mean, probably Jungle Boy wins unless Christian gets involved and somehow, you know, fucks over Jack and whatever. I could see it going either way, but if I had to guess, I'd say Jungle Boy. Yeah, Jungle Boy needs to be done with Luchasaurus. We all need to be done with Luchasaurus.
0: Um, we need to move Jungle Boy on to better and bigger things.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT title. Uh, I see Wardlow probably retaining. Uh, okay. Uh, let me put the- it to you this way. If Wardlow doesn't retain, Powerhouse Hobbs wins it because they're not going to champ champ Samoa Joe.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I feel
1: like in their minds, they're not done with Wardlow, and they're not going to move him on to the world title picture, I don't think. Well, maybe, I mean, if MJF is the champ. But if MJF is the champ as a babyface, it doesn't make sense to have Wardlow go there, but I think Wardlow retains.
0: So I think MJF is going to be a true tweener, okay? I don't think he's going to be full babyface. I don't think he's going to be full heel, so that he can kind of cut the smarmy promos but still elicit the pops from the crowd, but not revert to, you mentioned before, your hometown stinks, your girlfriend's fat, and you live in your mom's basement, right? Yeah. Um, I th- before they added Samoa and Joe to this, um, I would have bet lots of money that Hobbs is going to win because of Samoa and Joe interference. But now that Samoa and Joe's in the match, I ain't betting money. I still think Ho- Hobbs is going to win. Hobbs is going to get the TNT title, move on to do different stuff. Wardlow's gonna move into a program with Joe for the Ring of Honor TV title.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean I, I'm not gonna argue it. Uh Death Triangle versus the Elites. Uh I feel like the elites are gonna get their straps back. How
0: fucking unbearable are the two of those three douchebags gonna be? They're going to come out with, like, CM Punk-themed gear. They're going to do a bunch of, like, CM Punk spots in the match. It's going to be the most insufferable fucking match in the card. They're going to come out I, to cult a
1: personality. <laughs> uh,
0: and I want Death Triangle to win. I want fucking Penta to pull off the mask, and it's Punk. And he fucking <laughs> kills them or something, right? Yeah. Kenny's cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I like Kenny.
1: But, yeah, you agree... The Elite wins. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but, but, but I'm trying to save the best for last. I'm just, just trying to think if I got to everything here. That is everything. All right. Uh, Except for the main event. Yep, main event, Double J. <laughs> and some other guy versus Sting and Darby Allin, because I don't know why everybody's mad at Darby Allin. Tell me afterwards.
0: Because <laughs> he ain't Sting and he ain't Double J?
1: Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, your main event... In a tag team match, main event. What a ball's of choice by Tony Khan. But uh, uh, who, I mean, I want Jarrett and Lethal to win, but Sting and Darby Allen are winning that match. Do you want
0: the truth or do you want the truth? <laughs> uh, the latter. Double J is going to come out playing the spooky music. He's going to have a guitar. He's going to do the thing where he points and tells people to get out of his way. He's going to do a bunch of chicken shit, heel stuff to stay away from Sting and be on the run from Sting most of the match. Uh, Three out of four people involved in this match are going to Blade. There's going to (laughs) be crowd brawling, and I hope they come crowd brawl over by me. uh, Because I will protect you, Double J, from that dastardly Sting. Um, Jarrett is going to hit Sting with a guitar. Sting is going to no-sell it. Sting is going to pound his chest. Give Double J the Scorpion Death Drop. Double J is going to roll out of the ring because he ain't taking the fucking pin in this. And then Jay Lethal's going to come in and get pinned by
1: Darby. Yeah, <laughs> that's one hundred percent. I could see all of that. Yeah, right. I hope that like Jarrett falls on you uh, like Derek Dillinger did at the <laughs> IW <I> show. Oh, <laughs> I hope so too. And he goes to get up, and you're like, "No,
0: no, hold on, hold on, let's." I'm, <laughs> I'm holding him. I'm caressing him.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys have a good time at the show. You know that sounds awesome. Let me know what the merch situation is.
0: Probably poor. They might have two merch tables, but we'll get we'll have an idea of what the merch table is because Rampage is in the same building, and we're going to Rampage uh, Friday as well. Oh yeah.
1: Are you guys driving down and back each night?
0: Yes wow troopers well it's it's
1: a hair
0: under two hours uh yeah. to get
1: there and back
0: um and again it's not my decision like if we stayed i'm staying because i'm not driving you
1: know yeah so fair enough you want to go over some homework joe and
0: i do speaking of double j yeah
1: yeah
3: It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework, it's an obligation you
5: owe your family and yourself.
1: That's right, Joe. I assigned. An episode of WCW Nitro, January 31st, 2001, day after my birthday, by the way. Uh, because this was a show that I was at, and apparently so was many of the members of the soon-to-be-named network. Um, and anyways, I did not remember any of this. So most of it I'm reliving uh, when I rewatch the show.
0: Okay, so what Adam assigned, as he mentioned, was uh, WCW Monday Nitro from beautiful downtown, snow-filled Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, Uh, January 31st, 2000. uh, We were in an in-between portion after Russo had set up a whole bunch of things to happen uh, in the world of sports and entertainment, and then because ratings were bad, uh, they sent Russo home, and then they had Kevin Sullivan booking things, Mm. Uh, Kevin Sullivan as a show of good faith, Uh, wanted to put the world title on Chris Benoit at the pay-per-view, which they did. And then the next night, uh, all the to-be-known-as-radicals left. And, uh, interesting bit of history, this episode of Nitro was opposite the episode of Raw, where the radicals appeared in the crowd.
1: Yeah. Yeah, wasn't this the one where they had, like, Benoit won the title, but then they used the fact that, like, his foot was under the ropes when he was making the pin to invalidate it after the fact? Yes. Yeah, like, the the, the never-before-used rule. Like, it was one of those things where everybody knows that you're not supposed to save your foot under the ropes, but it's never been cause for the pinner to be disqualified, you know? Oh, boy. Anyways...
0: Anyway, uh, so uh, this is WCW in a bit of flux for the next couple months as they make some headway to try to bring back some of the bigger names as Russo and Bischoff are going to be back to shake things up even further in about three months in a show that we already covered here recently on the show. Yeah. And if you didn't get a chance to watch this, you can head over to our friend Kevin's blog at MassLibrary.com and read his write-up of the show. Let yep. me move that. Uh, so the show starts off with uh, the NWO Elite, uh, minus Kevin Nash, uh, who's on the phone. There's a lot of good phone acting uh, in this segment. <laughs> it's like and, an episode of Stargirl. <laughs> right. So, uh, well, at least we hear Joel McHale's voice in Stargirl. We don't hear Kevin Nash's voice, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And Bret Hart, who is also a member of the NWO Elite, um, but he suffered a concussion at the hands of Bill Goldberg. And is pretty much done uh, as a wrestler and as a WCW on-screen character for another at least three months. So if you can't get Kevin Nash and Bret Hart, who do you replace them with in a group called The Elite? If your choices are two different brother teams, sadly, (laughs) I think Double J and Scott (laughs) Steiner chose the right ones.
1: Oh, wait a minute. What? You are picking Ronald and Donald Harris over the Young Bucks?
0: Abs- uh, seven days a week, twice on Sundays.
1: Wow. Okay, that is a... that is a, First ballot
0: Hall of Fame bad placers, the Harris brothers? Yeah. I'll watch them over the Young Bucks.
1: Wow. I did not expect that. That's uh, that's pretty extreme. Like, And how ironic is it that we have the gatekeepers of the good place and the bad place both in that opening segment? Absolutely. Well, one on the phone, but I get you. Well, no, I mean, they showed the highlights of Nash.
0: Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Losing the, the title the to Sid on Thunder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so
0: oh, I, I
1: just want to say uh, Nash and Double J hanging out with the Harris brothers, you know, just company you keep, boys. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Listen, it was a different time. Well, we all knew, but <laughs> I guess we didn't care back in 22 years ago. Uh, Jarrett comes, Jarrett's the acting commissioner tonight. He comes out and cuts a promo, says that it's going to be him versus Sid at Super Brawl in two weeks or whatever the hell it is for the world title. Um, And he also lets the boys in the back know, which is the only time they say it, that he's accepting bribes. Now, we then later learn that Mark Madden... (laughs) who's making his debut on commentary for this show, bribed Jarrett to get on to commentary
1: for this show. So blame Jeff Jarrett is what you're saying.
0: Blame Bobby Heenan's drinking problem, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Both Sid and Ric Flair arrive at the building 20 minutes in. (laughs) Uh, Always good for your biggest star and world champion to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also cut to, uh, Harlem Heat 2000 of J Biggs, Stevie Ray, and listen, his name here is Big T, but it's Ahmed Johnson, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, are walking backstage, and I don't know why I found this funny, but Ahmed Johnson was carrying a gallon of milk. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. Uh, our opening match, uh, is, is the juicerweight title tournament, uh, as Evan Courageous of three count takes on Lash LaRue. Uh, Mark Madden on commentary longs for the days of the Juiceray title when, quote, Oklahoma would smash bottles of barbecue sauce on Medusa's chest. Uh, This match was fine for people that maybe had been wrestling for less than two years on national television and Lashley wins with the Whiplash 2000 because it's 2000 and everything's 2000 or elite or extreme or Something.
1: Yeah, I mean, things were 2000 for about a decade before we hit 2000. You know, yes. Techno Team 2000. And um, uh, was, I was oh, just going to say, the, the ref trio tried really hard initially to like actively avoid seeing the outside interference, but like halfway through the match, he gave up. Very uh, quickly, he gave up. Yeah, I forget like if this was... I don't think the era of WCW where they basically said, fuck the rules, I don't think that happened until we got to the, the Bischoff-Russo era. But like there, there, there's the, the signs of it are here,
0: right? Uh, so then we get uh, they play it twice during the f- course of the show. Where this is the first time they show it, uh, grizzled vet at the time in two thousand, Dustin Rhodes telling us all that wrestling is dangerous. Leave it to pr- the professionals. Don't try this at home.
1: Yeah, and Joe, I have to say this here. Uh, I I gave up the cock for a week. And I I watched this uh, through other means, so uh, not only did I see that Dustin Rhodes commercial, but I also saw, right before that, a Slim Jim Macho Man commercial.
0: Oh, yeah, that was the
1: promotional consideration paid for, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, like, again, uh, it was hard to, like, I I, I was craving the cock, but uh, I was like, you know what, I'll watch the original version.
0: Yeah, for these old shows like this, you gotta watch the originals.
1: Fuck the cock. Yep, always fuck the cock.
0: Uh, So next we cut to Mean Gene interviewing the challengers for the tag titles of Crowbar and David Flair, accompanied by Daphne. Uh, David Flair giggles incessantly. Daphne tells Crowbar to say something. And Crowbar, what we're later to find out, is attempting to do an impression of Gordon Soli. Um, you wouldn't know it from the voice. He just has a bunch of Gordon Soli things. Yeah, like Soupley. Right. I liked it better when Crowbar was on social media more recently, pretending to be an angry vet who hates flippy dudes and drinks wine. <laughs> um, but no time to rest, because here comes the Mama in and Disco Inferno. The Mama Lukes are Eric or uh, Vince Russo's best friend, uh, Big Vito and Johnny the Bull Stamboli. Uh, this was a fun little brawl. I think Vito takes a back body drop into a snow pile outside, which was awesome. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: they come back into the ring, and Vito just beats the shit out of David Flair for what feels for about 20 minutes. Crowbar comes in and does a bunch of cool stuff to both members of the Mama because David Flair is essentially worthless. There's a bit where they show him on the outside stomping Johnny or Big Vito, and it looks like he's rubbing his foot on him. <laughs> he had some stuff stuck
1: on the bottom of his shoe when they went outside.
0: Yes, uh, Disco Inferno joins commentary, and if you want to know what the hellscape of Twitter looked like in January of 2000, Mark
1: Madden and Disco Inferno's back and forth on commentary for this match. <laughs> Joe, you you are not giving enough praise to the best part of this match. I said Rick uh, David Flair was wiping his shoe on the guy. Joe, Miss Hancock came out. I don't know who that is. God, Miss Hancock came out. Oh, man. Again, I didn't remember anything about this show other than the fact it was in wilkes Bear and, and Norman Smiley ran past me in the crowd. That's all I remembered about this show. But, you know, spoiler, this is the first of two Miss Hancock segments. Joe, I don't understand how WCW went under. <sighs> it's who they paired her with. That was the problem. <laughs> She doesn't need to be paired with anybody. She just needs to walk out and take notes. Anyway. Yes.
0: Mama Luke's win. Who cares? Um, Brian Nobbs goes into Jeff Jarrett's locker room and gives. Oh, uh,
1: oh, Brian Snuggs, please. Oh,
0: Brian it. Snuggs. My apologies. Yes. Uh, Brian Snuggs goes in the back and pays Jarrett a bunch of money Uh, because he wants Finley, who's his like mentor, but they're also not getting along. To have a match with Lex Luger, who's going through his period where he's the total package, and he's also breaking people's arms for some reason. Yeah, Um, and he's like
1: uh, Gavin Spears with the chair.
0: Right? Yes. Oh my goodness, Sean Spears. (laughs) Lex Luger. Lex Luger was the chairman before uh, Sean Spears, but after Laparca. Yeah. Uh, and it was good to see uh, Brian, wh- what did you say? Snugs. Brian Snugs. Brian I have to write that down because I'm going <laughs> to say his name a bunch more times. Uh, Brian Snugs invent custom matches here. Um, <laughs> usually you're supposed to get two girls to impersonate a match, move for move from WrestleMania. But listen, <laughs> Snugs, you do you. Um, they had hyped up earlier in the night that we were going to see Booker T take on Big T in a match. Match never happens, Booker T comes out. Jay Biggs, uh, Ahmed, and uh, Stevie Ray come out, and they say that uh, any of the Harlem Heat lexicon, imagery, music, and name all belong to Stevie Ray, so Booker can no longer have the flames on his tights. He can no longer use the, the letter T as part of his name, which they give to Ahmed Johnson, who's now Big T. And he can no longer use the Harlem Heat signature mu- music, which was just, like, stock music that was used in pornos.
1: <laughs> and I feel like I hear it every once in a while, like a random commercial, too. Right. That, like the Hardy Boys theme song. That,
0: Hardy Boys music, uh, Hardcore Hollies music, um, those were all, like, stock things that were used in commercials and pornos.
1: Or commercials for pornos. Right. Or
0: commercials for (laughs) pornos. Uh, Stevie Ray does set the table and says he doesn't care if Booker goes back, dusts off the camouflage, and goes back to being GI Bro, which he would later do.
1: Yeah. And and I have to ask a question. This is more of like a soon to be named network question, but like pretending to like Ahmed Johnson, is that like a bit? Is that a bit that you guys do? Like, because I don't get it. (laughs)
0: Okay. You have to watch that. Ahmed is definitely, like, Sid level. Like, Ahmed Johnson added an air of, like, I have no idea what the fuck's gonna happen this to wrestling. Because he was just so wild and out there, His promos never made a lick of sense. And he always got tons of TV time. He was injury prone. He was constantly hurting other people. And like now, years later, we can all look back at it and kind of be fascinated that they allowed this guy to be on national television
1: with a push for like two years. So it's more of a fan of the spectacle and the outrageousness of it and less of like, I I like that guy. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me fair enough.
0: Next uh so no oh sorry. I just said next up. Norman Smiley's walking around backstage and then for no reason three count attack him and Norman runs away.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so then we get Kidman uh in a rematch with the Wall and they do this whole build up thing uh that like Kidman he went through like the three faces of hell at the pay-per-view before falling to the Wall in a cage match and now he's going to get his redemption in this match. Kidman was one of the guys that threatened to walk out with the radicals, but decided to stay. So the way that they rewarded him was have the wall squash him for seven minutes. Vampiro run in to give the wall a shitty kick and throw Kidman on top of him.
1: <laughs> um, uh, first thing first, I'll say uh, again, Tori Wilson, how the hell did WCW lose? Uh, makes no sense. But you skipped over the fact that uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, who is a big snitch, rats on Brian Snugs to fit Finley before that. And then Norman Smiley, in his attempt to escape three count, uh, goes into the demon's casket and it goes and closes on him. And I like uh, Kevin Hellion's point that, like, is the casket sentient? Did, like, Norman do that? Did Norman go and do the big wardrobe change later? Uh, Was it something spooky? There's a lot of unanswered questions that I'm sure Nitro and WCW will address going further.
0: I would say that the, the, the kiss demon's coffin is akin to, like, say, Superman's phone booth. Okay, or the bat poles in the Bat Cave.
1: Like See, I bat- was picturing it was like something from Futurama that, like, when it closes, all these little arms come out and like change your wardrobe.
0: Right there, you go. It's not like, oh, we know someone. We know Norman Smiley's in here. It's just like, okay, we know a person is in here. We need to begin our routine of clothing this person to get them ready.
1: Yeah, it's just like it's ripping the clothes off and putting new clothes on them, and then, like puts the paint, the the face paint on, puts them in like. Elevated shoes and all that stuff.
5: This is one of the few things on the
0: show that made 100% complete sense to me.
1: Yeah. <sighs> so then interrupt breaks. me if I forget stuff, right? Yeah, no worries. But I'll say, oh, uh, yeah, that Vampiro run in looked like shit. Like, I know that Vampiro is, like, a lot of people's favorite person, like, favorite wrestler or one of their favorites. Uh, aside from him, like, hanging with, like, Muda and Sting and uh, the insane clown bossy for a little while, like, there's nothing that, like, Vampiro's ever done that I've been, that I liked
0: vampiro had to get to that five show loop on a sunday in west virginia so he had to get out of there in and out
1: quick you know yeah but again shout out tory wilson good for wcw mm-hmm. good for billy kidman until he it, until it wasn't good for billy kidman. right until it wasn't yes
0: <laughs> uh so then we get uh the rick flair segment right yeah uh this is fantastic unhinged rick flair he's out of his goddamn mind uh, he calls out Terry Funk. Terry Funk cuts an awesome promo referencing Mick Foley's book, mm-hmm. which at the time I found so strange.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would get. I was one of those people that like anytime. It was mostly WCW doing it. But anytime one of the companies referenced the other one, I was always like, oh, yeah. So and especially talking about the book, which I had actually read, you know, and saying that Flair wouldn't be a decent sized pimple on Terry Funk's ass. And uh, I I liked Funk's part of the promo.
0: I like both guys part of the promo. I'm a sucker for this era of Ric Flair because he's so unhinged and out of his goddamn mind. And Terry Funk can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Right.
1: Yeah, I just feel like Flair's part before Funk came out, it was all f- Flair cliches, you know, like Space Mountain and yada yada, and it just went on, it was like doing his greatest hits for five minutes before the Funk part started.
0: That's okay. i like, hey, listen, you I
1: know,
0: when, like, I, when, I, when I go see Bruce Springsteen, I want to see him play, uh, you know, uh, Born to Run or something. I don't want to hear him play something off the new album.
1: Well, this was more like a 20-minute instrumental opening of Born to Run gotcha you know, it wasn't the actual song i want to hear the chorus uh, uh I, I did like uh that terry said that you know speaking of david flair who we saw being unhinged earlier he's like you need to discipline your son <laughs> you know if he was mine i'd bend him over my knee <laughs> you know that kind of stuff
0: i take him behind the woodshed i'd tie him to a hobby horse and i'd whip him you know
1: yeah I you know I, I give uh, you and I give DJ and I give Brett a lot of shit, but I really like Terry Funk. I wish I'd I, I need to see more Terry Funk. Not yeah. old stuff, not pre nineteen ninety, but I like hey, 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 old
0: stuff. Yeah. It's Terry Funk. Everything's old,
1: you know. <laughs> this is two thousand. I'm I'm giving you that's ten years to work with.
0: All right. But anyways, uh, so then we cut back to the NWO locker room. Jarrett sets up for the main event tonight. That it's going to be him and the Harris Brothers against Sid, Ric Flair, and Terry Funk. Uh, in some great WCW production, uh, Scott Steiner's about to say something derogatory about Ric Flair's teeth. And they cut to a promo for the movie starring Sting and Daisy Fuentes called Shutter Speed.
1: Yeah, Shutter with a T, Shutter with a D, who knows?
0: Right. <laughs> uh, we get a Sid promo, Sid's awesome. Uh, like in that crazy way, like you don't know what the hell is going to happen because he's a maniac, right? Mm. And then I forgot that this show, in a backstage segment, we get the debut of XS.
5: Uh,
0: I might have missed this. What, what's that? Okay, so Lenny and Lodi, oh, who had previously oh, been with Miss
1: Hancock as standards and practices. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know what XS was, but I, I absolutely paid attention to the Miss Hancock segments
0: right they turn in their suits and they're wearing raver clothes
1: see i forgot like what they looked like so i didn't know (laughs) if that was out of the ordinary plus my focus might have been devoted to one person
0: i understand listen this is an important moment in professional wrestling history so they throw down their suits they're wearing their raver clothes later promos of them would be lots of talk of going to the club and picking up rizzats But they also had to go and tell the commentators that they've been getting their names wrong this whole time. Because now their names are Lane and Idol.
1: And that's Lodi Spelled Backwards.
0: Oh my god! And we had Johnny Stamboli on the show, and Relic Spelled Backwards is killer. (laughs) That's where he ripped it off from. But it was a very short-lived gimmick, and if I could find the episodes of Thunder and Saturday Night where miss just get these segments to watch it's not even homework it's just something for you to go out of your way for to to do you remember the angle of the team that uh miss hancock gets to face xs i don't okay i won't spoil it i won't spoil it for you but if i can find them i'll send them to you this
1: is what i need i need like a youtube master cut of like every stacy Kubler thing from wcw (laughs) (laughs) start to finish. I don't care if it's her walking out and taking notes. If it's a backstage thing, I don't even care if it's the thing where she was marrying David Flair. Uh, just put it all in chronological order. I'll sign up for somebody's Patreon. If I have to, I just want to see it all in one shot. Mm -hmm. But let me know. Uh,
0: so next we have, uh, Lex Luger taking on Brian Snuggs with fit Finley as the special guest referee. A couple things about this. Uh, Lex is fucking ginormous yeah. like he takes off the, the the jumpsuit to reveal how big he is and he's like ridiculously big he's like bigger than Triple H coming back from quad surgery big it's fucking ludicrous I have no idea how Lex was able
1: to even move at this point right yeah, and I I actually really like the presentation because I'm not a and then the bell ring guy. That's you, Joe. I'm all about the the, the pizzazz. I I like the presentation of like the lights being down, the spotlight, and uh, Elizabeth does the like the tearaway thing uh, with pulls the the shirt off and everything. I I think it's a very cool way to get somebody over. As like obviously Lex Luger's not a uh, a young kid that you need to put over, but it's a nice paint a coat. If you may, if you follow what I'm saying,
0: well, we get on commentary that Hulk Hogan called in later, and he's so disgusted with all the horrible things that Lex Luger is saying about him, he's going to make an appearance this week on Thunder, which which they tell us airs on Wednesday, but it's going to be taped tomorrow in uh, Binghamton. So yeah, I made a note of that that
1: seemed like such a weird
0: specificity. Like, it was like, hey, ticket sales are down. Hulkster's going to be at Thunder tomorrow. But it airs Wednesday, but the actual taping of it is on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's the first time I remember ever hearing you know them talk about TV tapings, not like being, being the same so as explicit
0: about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the go- one of the good things about watching the non cock version of this, I was reminded that this era Brian Snugs comes out to a Jimmy Hart knockoff of my Sharona.
1: <laughs> it's like,
0: which absolutely fits his character, right?
1: Yeah, so, And also, I want to say, Tony Schiavone said that uh, Liz has been on a workout and diet regimen designed by the Total Package. And I was like, hmm, that's not going to end well. <laughs> uh,
0: after after listening to this week's Something to Wrestle With, of him talking about Miss Elizabeth and Conrad having to shoe in the end of Miss Elizabeth's career and life, I ain't fucking touching that, but I got some jokes I can share with you in the DMs. <laughs> uh, but this is a hardcore match. It's not for the hardcore title. Um, Lex Luger, for some fucking reason, takes the pity city from Brian Nobbs, which 2000 Lex Luger did not need to be taken that. But this was absolutely Lex showing that he was willing to play ball to the new bookers, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, you're giving me a program at Hogan.
1: I'll smell his best friend's armpit. Right. Yeah. And Brian Nobbs apparently hails from Dudleyville. Yeah, I don't know about that. They like we
0: we haven't gotten any episodes with the dog on them yet, so be be ready. <laughs> Uh, So Norman Smiley, we show him backstage, the thing opens up, and he's in full Kiss regalia, and he looks like a badass son of a bitch, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, best part of the show, other than Stacey Kubler and Tori Wilson.
0: (laughs) Uh, Friend of the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, Dale Torborg, a.k.a. the actual Kiss Demon, is upset that someone stole his gear, but he's actually wearing most of his gear. He's wearing, like, little biker briefs that say Kiss on the back, and he already has his makeup on, so it's just like he really stole the cape. And he was also already wearing like the giant Frankenstein boots as well. So that, like
1: that was his everyday kiss attire. Oh, that his
0: was everyday yeah. walking around kiss biker shorts, uh Frankenstein boots and makeup. I got exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, it's not his
1: working boots and makeup. Yes. He, he Joe, I picture him arriving at the arena in kiss makeup, he takes it off and he puts on his working makeup. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: Uh, so we get, uh, Shane Helms taking on Norman Smiley, uh, yet another match where it's essentially one guy against all three members of three count and the referee just doesn't give a shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Norman is awesome and I'm glad that someone who kind of toiled for so long in like Mexico and England and, like, he never re- like, he'd gotten a ton of opportunities, cool. but never really got, like, a big push. And it wasn't until, like, 99, 2000 WCW where he finally gets this character, which gets super over. And I think he's still, like, the head trainer
1: at NXT. Yeah. Yeah. This- and- I was just going to say, just as an aside, uh, I know that you won't – you don't admit it as often as I do, but three count's awesome. Like, <laughs> Dude,
0: three <laughs> count is awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking – a-
1: I, I'm super when, mad that they never got a chance to sing. That's twice they got deprived in this episode. <laughs> I wanted to hear them sing too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so then we get uh, DDP being DDP and Kimberly being in, interviewed by Mean Gene. Uh, they're resetting what had been set up previously in the Russo regime, where they were uh, they hate they were a husband and wife team that hated each other not unlike Sable and Mark Marrow in WWE, which Russo was booking. So now they're back together, but would be separated in less than three months when Russo was back booking again. Russo hates married people. Yeah.
1: And they did the bit where like Disco supposedly grabs Kimberly's ass and then like calls her abroad or something like that. And my memory's fuzzy. Like, did he actually do it? Or was that the, the bit that like Kimberly was like trying to get DDP to fight people?
0: The, the bit was Kimberly was trying to get DDP to fight people. It would have been worked better if it was a baby face as opposed to Disco, who everyone wanted to punch in the face. Yeah. Um, it, this it, match it was is fine. Disco sucks and is a bad person. Um, DDP wins. Uh, DDP goes through the crowd and as Kevin pointed out, there was no fucking way Kimberly was going to go out on the unwashed <laughs> masses of wilkes Bear.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... I got nothing else to say about that other than it's like the third walk and brawl in this entire like show so far.
0: But that's okay because our main event is Jarrett and the Harris Boys against Terry Funk and Sid because Ric Flair never shows up, so it's essentially a handicap match. The parts of this match where they're brawling outside are awesome. The parts of the match where they work at like a Southern Memphis-style tag match are not as awesome.
1: Yeah, and Flair shows up eventually, attacks Funk and that... Pretty much takes us to the finish. I, I was watching this, and uh, when the entrances were starting, there was eight minutes left in the the recording. You know, right? And
0: Jarrett, behind the referee's back, smashes Sid with the with the with the guitar, pin Sid clean as a sheet, has momentum going to the pay per view with a pinfall win over the champion. Will Double J win the title at the Super Bowl, folks? We're out of time. I enjoyed this. This was a
1: fun walk down memory lane. You know. <laughs> Well, that's just because it had, like, a ton of Jeff Jarrett and Terry Funk. O- okay. <laughs> I think you take them out and replace them with just uh, Wrestler A, you wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Not that I'm complaining that you enjoyed it. Um, I just, like, I found it was a unique snapshot of WCW at the time, but, like, the wrestling was unwatchable. From start to finish, the wrestling was all bad. It was okay. they, It was either people that were lazy or people that were, like, not good you or, know or like or something yeah, green as shit yeah. yeah green as shit or phoning it in that was all the wrestling and you you think about like a couple years before if you had a juicer weight tournament that would be your five-star banger of a match it might have only gotten three minutes four minutes but it would have been three minutes of action and uh yeah there wasn't a single match on that entire thing where you could be like okay that was the good match it was just fucking terrible wrestling from start to finish. Well, and I, I dare say, if we didn't have Stacey Keebler twice, it, it just wouldn't have been worth watching. <laughs> well, listen, Thunder had uh, Psychosis versus Juventud
0: Guerrera, you know? Y- yeah. That's the work rate show, and uh, Nitro's the the,
1: the 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 angle show, you know? Yeah. But uh, kudos to, to Jeff Jarrett 22 years ago. You know, getting the bag back then, getting the bag now. Uh, I always. Always. I had no memory. Like I I remember WCW from that era. Like I I recognize this person. I recognize this person. I'm like, "Okay, that rings a bell." I had no memory of Ronald and Donald Harris being in the NWO, and oh. I think that was like my subconscious trying to block it out, you know? And I hate the fact that this brought it back to my the forefront of my memory, and I'm I'm not happy about that.
0: And again, I was also live at the show. I remember the Norman stuff. I remember the girls that came out with the NWO and was shocked that they were, like, workers and not, like, girls from the strip club that's literally, like, right next door to the building. Yeah. Um, I remember the Flair Funk thing, of course, and the DDP Kimberly interview, where, like, that was filmed, was right by
1: where my seats were. Okay. I was seated, if you are looking at hard cam, imagine I'm on hard cam side, but to the left of it, I was, like right at the aisle of where norman smiley was running away
0: did you see yourself when
1: norman was running away or no i tried um uh, but like i was i don't want to say i was in the nosebleeds but i was maybe three quarters of the way up gotcha. and the camera cut away to like whatever the commercial or the next backstage thing before he got to me i tried i went frame by frame
0: i think you can see brett on this but i didn't see him
1: yeah he'll point it out to us you know yeah, plus I have no idea what I would have, like, been wearing or looked like or whatever back then. I probably had hair. That's how long <laughs> it was. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And right. I also, just a, real quick before we wrap it up, uh, obviously now it's called, like, the Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza or something like that. But uh, it was called the First Union Center back then, and I loved yes. how everybody locally called it the FU Center. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that's the reason why they changed the sponsorship because people will just be like, Oh, did you hear the Creed is playing at the FU Center this weekend? Creed, FU <laughs> But anyways, no homework this weekend, Joe. Right. Enjoy full gear. And Rampage and the meaty
0: Scrum, and everything else. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Yep.
6: Hey Joe, hey Adams, Tom Green. Um this week I come with a plea as a desperate man. Um, and that is to, uh, one, Gerald Karate-Durling, the owner, operator, and um, head dude of IWTV. <sighs> Jerry, buddy, I know you're listening. I know you can hear this. Please stop bombarding my phone with notifications every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I know you're streaming shows, and a lot of them. I don't need to know that ABC Butthole Hardcore Deathmatch Wrestling is running their slice and dice, let's all cut each other's dicks off deathmatch tournament. Okay? If I wanted to watch it, I was gonna watch it. It's getting real bad lately because now we're getting the, uh, so-and-so's back from intermission notifications too. I, this one, leave me be, man. Okay? Please. I love you. Stop bombarding my phone with these things. Um, other than that, things are going well. Um, I hope you boys have a good turkey day in case we don't talk. Um, talk to you soon. Bye. All
1: right. got to take this first Joe, but do me a favor uh, on your share screen, the soundboard. Can you just move that over to the left or the right for me? Perfect. All right. Thank you, Uh, Tom. I don't know if you have an iPhone or an Android, but I'm going to help you out here. If you have an iPhone, go into your settings, click on notifications, look for the IWTV app, and then toggle that little green boy over to gray. If you have an Android phone, next time you get a notification from IWTV app, Pull down your notification bar, long press that notification. It'll bring up a thing that says notifications on, off, and turn it off. There's (laughs) zero reason why you need to have those notifications on, and that would save you all that hassle. Uh, But that's a pro tip. And uh, over to you, Joe. Joe.
0: Uh, as an old, I only watch IWTV, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, on my on my desktop PC, <laughs> and as soon as I log in, it says, do you want to get notif- notifications about upcoming shows?
1: And I say, hell no! Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do use the, uh, the Jerry.com app on my phone, uh, because it's like, if I'm watching a show on my TV in my living room, if I want to go downstairs and smoke... Uh, I'll just pop it up on the phone and they'll have it both running at the same time. So I do use it a lot, but I have, there's zero reason why I need to be reminded that a show's starting. Cause if it's something I want to watch, I know it's coming up, you know, I don't need to be like, Ooh, you know, IWA is coming out. I know it was AIW and God AIW. That might be it. Uh right, LVAC occasionally. If no, I'd be at those shows. Right. I got no reason to watch IWTV. No, no, never mind. I, I'm a big fan, big fan. <laughs> is this layout better? Uh, can you go further to the top left? I mean... Yeah, Not wait. much further. All right. If only we can... Yeah, that'll do. I mean, I could just pull it up on of my screen. Would you rather it's here? No, because then I can't see the face. I mean, the other face. The face? <laughs> the face.
4: Okay. I think right there. Right there's good.
1: Perfect.
0: Next call.
4: Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, boy, it's, it's been a crazy week for me. I posted all online. I had problems with my heat and all. And it made me, it got me into a miserable mood. And then I was getting stressed out and all anxiety and everything. And I, I lost the ability to start looking forward to this weekend for Rampage and Full Gear and being in attendance. And, you know, who who knows what amazing people I'll run into this weekend and all. And I, I had to really calm myself down for it. And then, you know, my mind got going. And I was like, well, I've been to bad wrestling events. Either the show is crappy or you sit next to someone who smells and is disgusting and all. But I've also been to really good ones. And some of my fondest memories with my closest friends involved going to wrestling shows. Since so then making two phone calls, you're welcome. Um, my question is, what is your fondest, wrestling memory like just something that really warms your heart for a wrestling road trip going with family or friends or whatever and then what is your most miserable wrestling experience um let's take caused by you know another fan in attendance or whatever someone that just made your your night a little more difficult to enjoy uh looking forward to hearing the show guys i'll hear it bright and early as i get on the road tomorrow bye
1: hmm
4: i mean i'm gonna say that i i don't
1: have off the top of my head a bad wrestling experience. Like I can nitpick and I could be like, Oh, when we we're at Monday night raw, the people in the first row were standing for half the time. And they like that kind of shit, but that's not nearly as bad as like what Kevin's implying or like the smart Mark that was near you on commentary at the, the, the real rumble show that was like, you know poo poo and shit to his kid and be like see that they're not really punching and i told him to go fuck himself and he walked away so these are little nitpicks but they're not like oh my entire day was was ruined if that makes sense um so i don't have like a a glaring bad wrestling experience but i also got into one one millionth of the wrestling that you have right you know so it's not even a comparison uh and as far as good times like You know, I I like the road trips out to Cleveland, you know, for AIW. I I have a great time at the Odeon and at the the after party. And like, obviously, I like going to Sokol's and hanging out with the boys for, you know, the soon to be named network hangouts. So, I mean, all of those, but like they all kind of are equally as good. You know, I don't have one that was like, oh, this was the most fun of all of them.
0: Uh, I've had fun ones and I've had, you know, rough ones, of course, you know, bad things happen on the road trips, you know, taking out of the actual experience of the show itself. But I cast such a wide net one time coming back from A.I.W., it was me, Mantis and some other folks went out and then on the way home, it was just me and Mantis. And we hit a deer on the way home, and that sucked. And that was, like, the first time anything bad had ever happened on a road trip that I was on. And I've done a ton of fucking road trips for wrestling, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'll say that's the worst. Um, But we've had ones like the one that um, me, you, Dan, and Mantis went on for the AIW trip. It was awesome. Yeah. And it gave me a false sense of security that I'm like, oh, this was so easy. I'm traveling with adults. I'm not traveling with petulant children or bags of shit you know (laughs) and the trip went way quicker for a five-hour road trip and everyone stopped when we needed to stop and there was no inherent problems and the show was fun and then the ride back was really good too you know
1: yeah it's like maybe i can go out to cleveland this was painless you know yeah
0: but then i'm like no i like standing home in my nice comfy bed and
1: not being bothered by people you know (laughs) and i've told this story a long time ago but uh when i was 16 or 17 going to Jim Thorpe, uh, for an ECW show at the Flagstaff. Yeah, definitely. I didn't wear contacts and I left my glasses at home. And coming back down from the mountain where there are no streetlights in the pitch black at like eleven o'clock at night, I was Mr. Magooing it out the window, and I almost drove off the mountain. So that might have been my worst wrestling experience. And there was no GPS, so it was like the dude next to me was like looking at the the the, the, the Duck Duck Go printout of the maps and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, that might have been an unpleasant return home. Do you have
0: any idea what that Flagstaff show was?
2: Can
1: you remember a match from that? Because I was probably at that. Uh, I want to say if if that was the only Flagstaff show I went to, because I'm not sure if I went once or twice, the show ended with like somebody threw something or hit one of the Dudleys. And they mm. made us all leave, or or hit somebody like that. The Dudleys were wrestling, and then the Dudleys told us to get the fuck out. Like the main mm. event ended early because ah. like somebody in the fan got a fan got involved. Yeah, that's not ringing a bell. Yeah, that that's like the how that ended. I don't remember if there was another time. That might have been the only time I was at the Flagstaff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for the call, Kevin. And I will see
0: you this weekend. When I get to the when I know where my tickets are, I'll send you a text
1: and uh we'll, we'll meet up somehow you know yeah and kevin actually messaged me uh earlier today him and maddie treats are stopping in scranton on their way and they want to know if i want to get lunch so i might be meeting up with them tomorrow they asked me what am i doing at like noon to one tomorrow and i was like probably still sleeping because i won't <laughs> go to bed until like six o'clock tonight. <laughs> but uh i will probably meet up with them tomorrow and uh, they're hearing this on the podcast right now. If they'd like a tour of the toy room, they're welcome to it. Uh, it is a $5 uh, suggested donation. Uh, so the themanadamvan at gmail.com is my PayPal. $5 each. I'm not running a charity here. But, uh, we'll suggested donation. Yeah, suggested, but it's a strong suggestion. <laughs> Anyways, thanks. All man. right,
3: next call. Hey, guys. Strongest man in all the land here. I uh, had to get my call in before the show. I, I got to be honest, guys. I don't really have a lot to talk about this week, but Thanksgiving is coming up. And obviously, you know, the day after Black Friday, earth. make sure you get your tickets and get ready to watch it. It's going to be a great night. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, anyways, for the spirit of Thanksgiving coming up, I assume you guys are not going to record next week on Thanksgiving because, you know, you yeah, have families. Mm. Um, what's what's the all-time, all-time best side dish? You know, there's always these debates. You know, some say mac and cheese, stuffing, mashed potatoes, this, this, that. I want y'all's opinions. Me, personally, I'm a stuffing guy. I can't get enough of that stuffing. We're we're mixing it up. We're not talking about wrestling this week. We're talking about food, because that's all that matters. That's all I got for this week. Um, Enjoy yourselves, and yeah. Goodbye.
1: Artie, just thank you for the call. I am, uh, again, we were coming upon the Thanksgiving season. I am thankful that I am one half or, of the tag team champions, so AIW tag champs. So that's something to be thankful for. Uh, side dish, sweet potatoes, like candied sweet potatoes, the ones that like feel like they're like sugar bro- uh, blocks of sugar. Those are my favorites. Yeah, I'm sport.
0: with already. stuffing is top-notch and the best. Uh, my mother-in-law makes, like, stuffing balls, where it's essentially just, like, the way that you would make stuffing but does them in, like, uh, cupcake tins, right? Okay. So you get, like, extra crunchy stuff with it. Yeah. And they're, like, in these, like, little bite-sized whatevers. Um, that's top-notch Thanksgiving food there. Um, the, the candied yams I'm not a fan of. It's a little too sweet for my, uh, taste buds. I like more of a savory thing for Thanksgiving, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm with Artie on stuffing. Yeah,
1: stuffing's not bad. Maybe I just haven't had it well done. You know. Yeah,
0: and this is a good enough spot to mention it here. You know, Artie mentioned. Um, you know, next week is Thanksgiving. We typically record on Thursdays. Artie outing himself as not being a longtime listener of the show. We always do shows on Thursdays, and by we, I mean me. I'm always fucking here on Thursdays. Adam's off usually gallivanting at some sort of. Who the hell knows what he does on a Thursday for Thanksgiving? I'm just so used to being prepared. I already got guests lined up for next week. I got the whole
1: thing ready to go. Well, Joe, 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 Joe. I have established over many, many, many consecutive weeks that I am the Cal Ripken Jr. of podcasting. I don't miss a show. And I don't know if you know this, but I am unemployed. So for the first time ever, I will be at At Odds on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. What? I will be here. Uh, I am not missing a show. I never miss shows, so I will be here. Uh, I don't know what you have lined up, but cancel the plans. I'm here.
0: I already have guests lined up at great expense.
1: <laughs> great expense. Well, you know what? I'm. I hope you get your deposit back because unless you want to have me, you and this guest or guests all do like one big super show, uh, I, I think you're going to have to you know cancel it.
0: Well, I'll have to ask Brett and DJ if they're okay doing a gang podcast with you for next week. Hmm. That's going to take the place of both our shows and you,
1: their show for next week. So all four of us doing one podcast that'll sustain both both podcast feeds. Correct. Interesting. That that you know what? That's a pretty good idea. I think I I will allow that.
2: <laughs> I'll be honest with
0: you, until you messaged me about it the other day. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Completely forgot that it was Thanksgiving or completely forgot what?
0: Uh, forgot that you're usually gone for Thanksgiving oh, and that man. Thanksgiving was even coming up,
1: you know? Yeah. Oh, and Joe. And scene. And <laughs> But yeah, so next week, uh, at odds with wrestling, we need wrestling, Brett, DJ, Joe, and myself, all one big soon-to-be-named network get-together. Uh, should be fun. I'm excited. It'll be good to have the boys on. Yeah, it'll be like those issues of Amalgam Comics and like Wolverine and Batman were like merged into the same person.
0: I thought it was pronounced amalgam.
1: (laughs) The jury's still out.
0: Oh, I'm an idiot. I don't know. All right, next caller. Next call.
5: Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. It's Justin. You know, I was I was listening to Pod Van Dam this week. Well, I was editing Pod Van Dam this week, and Joe, you called in, and I mean, you always call in, call in multiple times. But how dare you? How dare you? What gives you the gall to say that the McRib has too much barbecue sauce? I'll have you know that at minimum, it has enough. It could use more. It could definitely use more. It just breaks my heart to hear someone say such disparaging words towards the great McDonald's sandwich that is the McRib. And you're going to say something like that when the sandwich is about to be retired. It's about to go away. It's not going to have its Ric Flair one more match. It's not going to have its Terry Funk 10 more matches. When the McRib goes away, it's going away for good. I want you to remember that when you think of the McRib and how you broke McRib's heart. Other than that, uh, I hope you both have a great week, a great Thanksgiving, and just know that... uh, the Pilgrims are better than the Gobbler. All 20 versions of the Gobbler. Later. Bye! <laughs> what the You're fuck like, was at the end? We got the plate in
1: slow-mo?
0: Yeah, know, I'm not, uh, Justin said something there in code at the end that's uh, indicative of a certain radio talk show host. Uh, we have them on both coasts. It's not the first time, and it won't be the last time that we've been had. Um, but I haven't had a gobbler yet this year. There's not a Wawa near me. Um, I know whatever the pilgrim that you guys have out in the Midwest, your get goes. there's even less get goes around here than there is Wawas where I am, you know? Mm. Uh but Justin's spoiling a call for next week's Pod Van Dam. <laughs> um that wasn't on this week's pod van dam. Um, but most McDonald's put to if I'm when you get the McRib and it's in like the little clamshell thing, right? And the bottom bun, the level of barbecue sauce is up to over the bottom bun. That's too much fucking barbecue sauce.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's all. I'm going to say this uh, and, you know, send your criticism wherever you want to send it, but I've never had a McRib. You can't anymore. The 10th of November was the last day for it. Yeah, well. And they're never
0: coming back, you know.
1: Yeah, I net for it's gone forever. 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 <laughs> but yeah, no, I've never I hear the freaking oh the McRib is coming back. Yay! Oh the McRib went away. Boo. I hear that every year or every couple of years, whatever, and I'm just like, I've never had it. I'm good.
0: And, I, and listen, I'm spoiling the call for next week's Pod Van Dam. Let's assume that nobody listens to this show listens to Pod Van Dam, at least this week. Um But Would I rather get barbecue from the pop-up barbecue place that's only on Saturdays and Sundays from 11 to whenever we run out of food? Yes. But are they open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I can see them from my front porch? No. So when the McRib comes back, I can see the McDonald's from my front porch. I see the sign that says the McRib is back. I go get a McRib. Yeah.
1: You need uh, Smoke and jays to come and deliver you something hot and fresh.
0: Uh, right. I'm sure the six and a half hour drive, it'll be real hot and real fresh.
1: Well, no, they'd come here and make it for you and then give it to you and then go home. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, great, great audio quality from Summers there.
0: Yes. Oh, well, listen. He has the special hotline where your your calls don't sound like shit.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Last call. Pink button time. It's young Ed.
6: Hey Joe and Adam, it's Ed, um, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about, um, AEW, uh, I'm not watching it though, um, I just had a thought about it, hey, you know how Jeff Jarrett's there, you know how I hate Jeff Jarrett, hear me out though, he could do one thing that I think would be cool, and, uh, I need to know if this is like a great idea or possibly the best idea I've ever had. And uh say that idea and I'm gonna hang up and i let you guys discuss it. Um got a guitar strings on that guitar. Why doesn't Jeff here put some barbed wire on there? That'd be pretty fucking dope, huh? Get Darby Allen with that barbed wire, uh guitar.
1: Why hasn't he done that ever? Seems pretty fucking uh straightforward like a
6: thing that should have happened by now. He's been Hitting people with guitars uh, to no reaction for decades. <laughs> uh, Never put some barbed wire on there where the guitar strings are. Fucking crazy.
1: Okay, bye. Well, for I'll allow you to handle the the Jeff Jarrett slander, but uh, the strings of a guitar go from you know the the body in the middle all the way down to the end of the handle. Uh, you know, I don't know the wording, but the the if you're swinging a guitar, the part that your hand is wrapped around, you'd be grabbing the barbed wire. So like I don't know if Jeff Jarrett has like gloves or taped hands or whatever, but uh you know, there's that would hurt the logic, but you take it from here, Jeff.
0: Uh, that is a cool idea. Um, if there is a double J meet and greet Friday or Saturday, I will make sure to uh, mention it to him.
1: <laughs> you won't be able to talk. You'll just be like, uh, you'll be <laughs> like uh, Troy Barnes talking to LeVar Burton, you know, in Community. You'll just be <laughs> open mouth, you know, unable to formulate words, just wide eyed. Uh, it's not going to end well for you.
0: I have a feeling it'll be more like the Chris Farley show when he has someone on. I'll be like, remember that time that you hit that guy with a guitar? (laughs) That was awesome. Remember that time where you robbed a promotion of all their money and then fled like a thief in the night? No, no, not that time. No, 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 not that time. Okay, that was a good one, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. How about that time?
1: That was really cool. (laughs) Well, I'm rooting for you. I hope that they do that.
0: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. That that does sound like a cool idea, but I think it comes down to the idea that it would be, like, that would be, like, a big propped-up thing that would need to happen. Like, you need a very uh, experimented uh, or very experienced prop department to put something like that together, and AEW's prop department made a gimmick chair that almost killed Cody. So do you trust them with stringing up a balsa wood guitar with baby powder inside it and barbed wire? Uh, Unless you're making an ad, I don't think
1: they're swinging it, you know? Yeah, plus it's like the whole point of the guitar is that like your head is supposed to go through it easily, you know? And like if your head all of a sudden hits barbed wire at like the the force of a guitar being swung, uh, probably not a good feeling. Unless it's like all gimmicked barbed wire, but I don't know. Great call, Ed. <laughs> There's ways to do it.
0: Um, so that's the last call. Um, thanks everyone for calling. Thanks uh for the questions. Oh uh thanks for bearing with the bit earlier today with the Pod Van Dam boys and them being good sports about it.
1: Yeah, and I, I should say this here. Obviously, if you want to call the voicemail between now and Thursday, uh give Brett and DJ some questions. You know, obviously they'll be on there, so feel free to if you want, ask them anything or you know, or just ask us and ignore that They're there, but whatever. It is a combined show, so consider it the we need wrestling voicemail line, uh, which I know it is already because if you want to ask them a question, you call our voicemail, and right. some folks have taken us up on it. But uh, double super goes for this week.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so uh, you could support the show by uh, signing up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, aka. IndependentWrestling.tv, use the promo code at odds. New subscriber. Uh, we'll let Jerry know that you came to him from us and we get a little bit of a kickback. If you continue your subscription, uh, you can head over to our T Public store. I think the sale is good until the end of the day on Friday. Uh, 35% off any and all designs. T Public is slipping on giving me advance notice about the sales. So when I find out about the sales, I let everyone know about the sales. Uh, but again, of course, you can always help us out by making any and all of your purchases uh, from Amazon through our affiliate link. It is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you get the episodes. does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it a thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases to the Amazon click-through this past week include... Uh, somebody purchased uh, on 4K Ultra HD, both Shang-Chi and Eternals. Okay. That, one of those is
1: a watchable movie.
0: Somebody also purchased on Blu-ray, Thor Love and Thunder. All right.
1: Got physical, uh, media
0: al- is, physical media is king, so I respect I- the play. I'm 100% with you on physical media. There is a DVD box set that's coming out early 2023 that may make me finally buy a Blu-ray player. Ooh, what is it? I'll save it for when it comes out. It'll be my (laughs) weekly purchases. All right. How do you not have a Blu-ray player? They came out fucking 15 years ago. I was still DVDs, babe. You know why? So the only thing that I was buying really on DVDs was DVD TV show box sets. And I don't think the Simpsons flipped over to Blu-ray until, like, season, like, 17 or 18. And you ne- you didn't have, like, a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4? I was an Xbox guy.
1: Oh, so you were an HD DVD guy. <laughs> no, just regular old-school DVDs, man. Yeah. Oh, man. You're just on the losing side of every piece of technology, aren't you? I
0: certainly am. <laughs> All right. Uh, So, somebody also purchased K-Bear KS1 wired earbuds, gaming, excellent bass headset, sound with power, high-resolution IEM, in-ear headphone compatible with Android phone, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Mac.
1: (laughs) I love the descriptions. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Now, this is something that you experience quite a bit, I'm sure. So, when... Uh, somebody purchased through the Amazon click-through the Chainsaw Charlie
1: figure, right? Yep. Well, I got one last week, I had said. so. Right. Awesome that they, somebody listened to me and saw that they were in stock.
0: Right. Um, right, because they were being tweeted out that they were in stock. It was cheaper. We had the discussion about the, you know, Sucker's Premium and everything else like that. Okay, so I'm looking at the, the list from the Amazon. I click on the Chainsaw Charlie. When it opens up, it's a description of an Alexa Bliss figure but still the picture of Chainsaw Charlie. Oh, best of both worlds. So I see <laughs> people who purchase this also purchase the Alexa Bliss figure. I click on the Alexa Bliss figure. It says in the description it's Alexa Bliss figure, but it's actually uh, showing a picture of Omos.
1: Huh. Well, this same thing happened uh, when they did the Fan Central Elites. Yes, and there was uh, the Adam Cole, the Christian Cage, the Randy Gargano, Orton, and somebody else, and, Gar- and Gargano. Yeah, Randy Orton and Gargano. Uh, that was the four. And uh, I was lucky that I got my Gargano, but Justin Summers got a box of pencils. <laughs> That's a shoot right there. Uh, but they were all like mislabeled. Like I had ordered Christian and Gargano. And like the gargano switched over to saying like Randy Orton and something else. There's a big switcheroo with them, but I actually got sent what I was promised. Mm-hmm. Uh but I've seen that happen with Amazon. They're they're real clutch when it comes to that stuff. For sure.
0: So thanks to everyone who made any and all of your purchases through our affiliate link. Uh it is
1: greatly appreciated. Yep. And you know who else is appreciated, Joe? These podcasts. And those podcasts are long box heroes. Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Pod Van Dam, The A-Show, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, If You Catch My Grift, and all the way at the end, because now I don't fuck up the names, Hit My Music. There you go. Now it's time for Adam's favorite
0: part of the show.
1: might cost a little some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred dollar Vanski and your figures will be bought. <laughs> Joe, as I said last week, the year of financial responsibility, there's no such thing. You know what this year is? This year is, at least for the remaining month and a half, it's buy whatever the fuck you want, and Joe, and that's what I did over the last seven days. I saw something I wanted, I bought it. I don't give a shit how I'm going to pay for it, when I'm going to pay for it. If I see it and I want it, I buy it, and that's my new rule. Hell yeah. No no haggling, no best offer. I I say whatever your price is, double it, and then cut it in half. I'll take it. So I'm guessing you bought a lot of stuff this
0: week, huh? I
1: bought a couple things. <laughs> uh, I will say I went into the importer-exporter business uh, just to actually pick up a, a cable thing that I needed for something else. But uh, And I noticed that... There was a Marvel Legends prop that I did not have that I kind of wanted, but I've been waiting for them to kind of go on sale or on clearance. And Joe, wouldn't you know it? One of the importer exporter uh, businesses' early Black Friday deals was the Marvel Legends Iron Man gauntlet, which is the skinnier version of the one I already had. So, like, I had the Thanos gauntlet, I had the one that uh, the Hulk wore you know, which is the same size as the Thanos gauntlet, but this is the one that's like way skinnier that Tony Stark wore. And as far as the toy goes, like it's a full size thing. Uh, you can actually snap your fingers in it. And you can remove every one of the, uh, the stones. Uh, they're not gems, they're stones. Uh, you can remove every one of them and it makes like a different sound. So like the more stones that are in the gauntlet, the louder and more wigged out it goes. And then you can actually do like the snapping motion and it just, causes chaos with like sounds and lights and stuff it's pretty cool so there was room on top of my details for it that was my number one concern but I found room
0: uh yeah you shared that with us in many of the many groups and that is a really cool piece
1: yeah I I think like as I watch like the post end game uh Marvel movies and I do like a lot of them and I do like the Disney shows and stuff but I don't think there's anything I can't see myself wanting any props from any of those movies. I feel like the infinity saga was like my jam and I don't need like the, uh, the, the mighty Thor's hammer, you know, the, uh, Mjolnir, you know, because I have the original one. I don't need a captain Carter shield. Cause I have like all the, you know, Steve Rogers ones. So it's like, I, I'm like, I think I got everything I need when it comes to Marvel legends props. Right. So we'll see. Um, But I also purchased another thing because you know what, Joe? The people that tap out on Major Bendys, they're fucking quitters. And again, this is the year of financial irresponsibility. Uh, (laughs) So I purchased uh, from somebody in the Major Pod group uh, the Myers, the Brian Myers merch table exclusive Major Bendy. So there's a a Broski and a Myers that they're only going to uh, sell at their merch tables, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and definitely won't be selling on whatnot for like $150. Uh, But somebody had gone to an indie that uh, Hawkins was at and bought two of them and put one of them up in the group for sale. So I bought it for like cost plus shipping.
0: Not bad. I know Brian had put them up quickly on uh, his merch site for that sort of thing. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, I saw it, and it was, like, a 10 Mississippi. And both me and Brett were like, hey, this is available, Adam, but you're out of Bendy, so you don't really need this, do you? (laughs) And you're like, oh, they're all sold out, you know?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, uh, Brian had talked about on the pod that he put out, like, 20 of them or 10 of them or something like that. And he realized like, Hey, the more I put up, the more I have to ship. So I'm not doing this again. (laughs) Um, but, uh, broski had put one, uh, I had been under the, not assumption, but I kind of took a guess that, uh, maybe if I sign on to whatnot, a couple hours before their most recent stream, uh, maybe broski will put up the Deathmatch King, major bendy. Uh because if you don't know and I've mentioned this before on the pod, um all of the buy it now stuff goes live like maybe three hours before their live sale. So if they're going live at like six thirty, you know, sign in at three o'clock and that's when all the shit's there because it's not gonna be there when the show starts. You know, it all right. sells out. Uh so I was like, oh maybe Broski'll throw up a couple of these in the the whatnot buy it now and i'm like okay if if meyers sold his unsigned for 30 plus shipping i was like maybe broski will try to like you know gouge us a little bit by signing it maybe charging 50 maybe charging 60 uh and then i went in like at like three o'clock and he had them for sale but they were 100 bucks plus tax plus shipping and i was like nope i'm good i will wait and uh the person who sold me the Myers one, I messaged him earlier today with like a picture. I usually, if I buy something in a group, I'll be like, hey, I got it. Thank you. You know, because I know that when I sell stuff, I'm sometimes worried that the person's not going to get it or they're going to get him. It like, it's not what I was promised, that type of thing. So I like to just say thank you. Uh, and he basically said, oh, yeah, no problem. Let me know if you want the broski one. I'm going to this show, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, please so i have the cardona one uh, at least tentatively scheduled to to be coming my way
0: not for the broski markup of course
1: no like whatever he's selling it for at the table which yeah. i'm being told is like 40 bucks plus signature when i don't even want it sign- signed you know right. i just want it unsigned um so 40 bucks plus shipping or whatever so we'll see. fucking broski i tell you yeah yeah when did major bendy's become a business joe <laughs> they never stop being a business. Yeah. Um, the next thing I bought, Joe. I think we might have a little bit of overlap on. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and take this one?
0: Uh, so this had been long coming. Uh, something that we knew about at least since the summer. Uh, we'd all just kind of been waiting with bated breath. A lot of us, and it was the Coliseum Collection Elites that uh, What's world-, the world. Huh. Ultimates, not Elites. Oh, Elites, or, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Ultimates, my apologies. Um, Again, I'm, you know, this is my first one buying it. They're doing them in these two packs, looking similar to releases as they were as the old LJNs, um, kind of figures from that era. And the first one was the double Terry shot of Terry Hulk Hogan in the red, white, and blue Hulkamania gear against the only Terry that matters and that would be cherry funk um, and I needed a Terry like I need a Terry any Terry funk figure I'm gonna get yeah and it's a Terry funk ultimate um, apparently people are already getting their shipping notifications uh, shipping notifications if they know how to spoof the FedEx system
1: <laughs> and by spoof you mean log in and look at your address sure
2: right. <laughs>
0: Um, so they should be coming any day now, uh, with 70 bucks for the two, uh, depending on how everything comes and ships and so forth. Um, Hulk Hogan's all right. I don't need a Hulk Hogan. I'll probably flip it, make me an offer.
1: Yeah. Uh, I ordered two, uh, and I immediately regretted it, uh, because I believe they are still available to order. Um, so I have two options, uh, option one, I already reached out to Mattel. Uh, they won't cancel one of them. Uh, I spoke to somebody on the phone, but they said that when it comes to just call them and they'll email me uh, a shipping label and I can send the one back free of charge and get a refund, which seems very inefficient and costly to to just not be able to modify my order from two to one. Uh, But it is what it is. Uh, My other recourse is like you are doing, you're selling the Hogan. I was thinking maybe sell both of them, but sell them individually. So instead of it being like, okay, yes, you can buy the set for 70, but what if you just want the funk? Would you be willing, Mr. customer, to spend 50 on just the funk? You know, and then maybe do it that way. So maybe oh, you're a Hulk Hogan fan. You don't want to spend 70 plus shipping and tax for the pair. Maybe you'll just buy the Hogan for 45. So maybe I can make some money selling them individually or maybe I'm just shipping one back. Uh but either way, I got the, the, the shipping the tracking number from FedEx as well, but there's no movement on mine. I can't speak for anybody else um, because I, every time that I order something from uh, Metallic Creations or Hasbro Pulse, I'll get the FedEx tracking number and then like a week later it moves. Like I feel like they, they send the stuff first and then then there's activity a while later.
0: Yeah, and they are still available on the Mattel site.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so the opportunity is not there for that one. Um, But I will ask you, Joe, any interest in the Rick Rude, Jake Roberts two-pack? Nah, you know, I'm good.
0: Um, It's a cool set. I like the designs on the figure. Um, I think we're getting, like, multiple, like, robes or something, and definitely multiple heads with the Rick Rude.
1: Yeah, I feel like they said that like the robe would be packaged underneath with all the the tchotchkes and Jake Roberts will have a snake bag for for Damien or whichever lizard was in there. Uh, whichever snake. Um, but I, yeah, I, I am buying – I'm all in on this line until they give me like two shitty people in the box. You know, when it's like here's two characters I don't care about or I've never watched a match for but – uh, Rick, it could have been Rick rude and a box of tissues and I would have bought it. You know, yeah. the fact that they're throwing in Jake Roberts as a, as a freebie. Uh, that's like, I'm fine with that.
0: I get that they're doing, um, how they kind of looked as their LJNs, uh-huh. but because it's rude and Jake, I would have loved for them to do rude in the Cheryl Roberts tights.
6: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, Hey, here's these two people wrestling each other, you know? Yeah. Ah, uh, next time. Next time. Um, But, Joe, speaking of wrestling adjacent figures type deals, uh, great segue. Uh, I purchased the one of 360 Orange Cassidy bobblehead that's on Shop AEW this week. Okay. Because why wouldn't I? It's Orange Cassidy. I've, I have his micro brawler. I have both of his figures, uh, both signed and unsigned. Uh, Like, this is AEW merch, like, that's not like a t-shirt or a towel or something like that. Uh, And I collect bobbleheads. And why wouldn't I want a limited bobblehead of one of my favorite performers, you know? See, I don't collect—I'm not a bobblehead guy. Makes sense, but, like, it's it's Orange
0: Cassidy. I know, but I'm okay. I'll—whatever the—whatever his cut
1: would have been, I'll just— handed to them when I see (laughs) them. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, Shop AEW, which is Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, they can go fuck themselves. uh, Right. Because they're a fucking shitty carny organization. uh, Just built to rip off customers, and I will say that every single time I buy something from them. Uh, I paid by PayPal because I'm a smart person and I don't want my identity stolen. Um, This bobblehead, which is... I don't know, the size of a your cell phone, you know, height-wise, maybe a little bit taller. Really? Uh, That's it? I mean, bobbleheads are maybe like a glass. I'm talking about like the height of a glass or your phone standing upright. They're not very large. Um, but this is a $50 bobblehead, which I'm fine with. Limited edition. Okay, $50, whatever. It's the year of financial irresponsibility, whatever. But $21 shipping. Uh-huh. They can go fucking fuck themselves. Now, well, obviously, I paid it because of a goddamn mark, but, oh, man, I fucking hate them. Uh, well, and- Adam, I assume if you're paying $21
0: to have this item shipped, they're guaranteeing that the item will arrive in pristine condition, right?
1: Uh, I Relatively certain, like with any item they, s- they sell, they say that they're not responsible for mint on card and yada yada. They don't guarantee mint on card is what they say. I'm surprised they didn't try to sell me a defender. That's what they do with their figures, you know. Yeah. It's a process, but man, I'll just say like normally pro wrestling tees. If you buy like a shirt or something like that, they they don't ship straight from their their factory, uh, USPS or FedEx or anything like that. They have some like weird like DHL indirect thing that ships it from Chicago. To like maybe Philly and I think they take it by horseback and then once it gets to Philly or Lehigh Valley then it gets picked up by USPS and it gets routed the rest of the way so normally if you order shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees, after the month and a half that they take to, to make the shirt, like it's usually an extra two weeks of transit unless you pay them like $60 shipping. Uh, so just as a side note, if you want to buy somebody a shirt for Christmas on their Black Friday sale, uh, you're probably too late to make Christmas delivery. Uh, but with that being said, the $21 shipping, uh, they actually shipped it. USPS right out of the, the warehouse so it's not going DHL. So wow. instead of it taking two and a half weeks to get to me, maybe it'll just take a week. But fuck Pro Wrestling Tees. I am yeah, not, yeah, fuck them forever. Yeah, I I am not buying another bobblehead from them unless it's Eddie Kingston or maybe Tay Conti or somebody else that I reserved the right to change my mind about down the road. You know? Uh, hoping maybe they have a couple
0: stragglers at TV and pay-per-view this weekend, highly doubt it. They'll probably have them at TV in Chicago since they're nearby. And uh, I will say if you're listening to this and you're heading to uh Rampage or uh the pay-per-view this weekend, it may be your last time to buy a Phil from Chicago shirt in person.
1: <laughs> no, you know what they need to have? They need to have a double bobblehead of uh 3.0, just like sitting at a table. You know, maybe the bodies are joined, but the heads are, like, separate bobbling. Oh, print money right there. I'd, I'd buy that, too. Um, but all right, Joe. One last purchase, and I'm done. All right. Uh, speaking of bobbleheads, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the great Swisher Rail Riders debacle of 2020. We've yes, where they
0: were supposed to, you were on the hunt for people who had them. They were supposed to be a at game exclusive and then pandemic canceled the game and yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I bought one of them inexplicably for $20 uh, and then I, I, I delayed on the second one because I was like, oh, do I get a shipping deal on it? You know, I, I like an idiot, I didn't just click buy it now and worry about it afterwards. Uh, so it haunted me for a while that I could have had two of them for like 40 bucks and they only made like 300 of these things and who knows where most of them are. Uh, But Joe, another one popped up on eBay and it wasn't 20 bucks. It was more expensive, but it was uh, uh, a a decent deal. I'll just tell you, it was 50 bucks shipped (laughs) and it was buy it now. And I said, sure thing I will get them. And then in my mind, Joe, if I paid $20 for one of them and I paid $50 for the other one, Really, I paid $35 each, which is a deal and a half.
0: I, I agree. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that logic.
1: Yeah, so I have two of them. That's all I wanted. For whatever reason, in, in my crazy psycho brain, if something is rare and it's of like somebody that I collect, I kind of want two of stuff, like just in case something happens to the one or sure. if I want to sell it. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a psycho. But I got two of them, and uh, it arrived after uh, a quick detour around the state. And the funny thing is I tweeted this out after I purchased it. I realized that the person who was selling it literally lives in the same town as me. (laughs) And and I I don't live in like Cleveland or, you know, downtown Scranton or Wilkes-Barre. I live in a little tiny town that is, you know, five blocks by five blocks. You know, (laughs) elephant is not big. So the item was $50 with free shipping. I messaged the seller. Hey, I lived a minute and a half from you. If you'd like, I can meet up with you somewhere, you know, someplace public, uh, and I can get that off your hands. Just give me a $5 credit on the item. You know, because, hey, this is going to be, again, it was $50, free shipping. I, uh, I save $5. He saves however much it is to ship it. He's like, no, I'm good. I'll just ship it to you. I'm like, okay, no problem. No hard feelings. He ships it. It goes from Oliphant to Lehigh Valley to Scranton back to Oliphant because it's USPS. And it arrives safe and sound. I get it. Everything's cool. I look at the box, Joe, sixteen dollars shipping he paid. <laughs> So whatever, you know, I offered, didn't want to give me a deal. Somehow thought he was going to come out ahead of it. Or he was like very scared of the, the scary person on the Internet that wants to buy a Nick Swisher bobblehead. But uh, whatever.
0: So let me, hang on. Let me do my gazintas here while I'm killing time. Yeah. So you paid $50 for this item. Yeah, like uh, $50 plus tax, so 53 bucks. Okay, so you paid $53. Yep. I don't know what it cost him to get this item.
1: Um, Either he got it for free somehow, I assume, because these were a giveaway. They were supposed to be a giveaway to season ticket holders who attended the 2020 All-Star Game. Uh, So, did they mail these out to certain VIPs? Did they have them at the stadium for employees and they fell off the truck? I do not know. I don't have a clear answer about that. So. However it was, they weren't for sale at the stadium, so however that person got it, they got it for free. Okay, so he could have
0: had the option for you to to give you a $5 credit, net profit $48, or he pays $16 out of his
1: pocket for this free item, net profit $37. Yeah, I mean, assuming he got it for free, it's all profit. It's just less profit for him by shipping it, and significantly less, you know?
0: Uh, Well, listen, some people are like that. You know, they don't like that uh, human interaction, and I get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I get you. But uh, I have two of them. It was enough for me to go and delete the save search. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Um, because in my mind, I'm very worried that all of a sudden there's going to be a dump of the other, like 198 of them that are out there or 298 of them that are out there. Uh, and then the price is to be like 10 bucks Well, but, out of sight, out of mind now.
0: You know? Okay. I was going to say, because, you know, you have two and wasn't there a guy who was selling like four of them?
1: Um, no. So the, the guy that I bought my first one was selling two and I could have gotten both, but I, I screwed up. Right. Uh, and I mentioned that there's somebody on eBay right now who has had his for sale for almost for a year now for like $125. Okay. So to the best of my knowledge, I've seen, uh, like let's call it four of them go up for sale on eBay. Gotcha. You know, and I have two of them. So it's not like they're all over the place. Uh, and like I said, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if it was like 300 in total or 400 in total, but it's a very small number.
2: Yeah. Right. i
1: a going to corner of the market and buy them all. That's what I thought you <laughs> were going to do, but alas, last <laughs> two is all you need, right? Yeah. No, there, there is, and I know you're you're trying to kill time, and I'll give you a— No, no, of- listen.
0: We can wrap up. I could tell my story of my soft out, and we're good to go.
1: All right, well, I'll just say that there is this very rare Nick Swisher 2002 Bowman card that they only made five of. Uh, and it's, they're autographed, and it's the only autographed Nick Swisher rookie card because he has autographed cards in years following. But in 2002, uh, he just didn't have any other autographed cards other than this one, and they only made five of them, and they're hand-numbered one of five, two of five, three of five, so on. Uh, there's five in existence. I own three of them. And I would buy the other two if they popped up on eBay, but uh, they just obviously don't. And I feel like the other two are in some private collection somewhere and I'll never get my hands on them. But I've had a save search for over 10 years on them with no activity, but I have three of the five. (laughs) That's a much more attainable thing
0: to get the, fu- you know what I mean? But
1: <laughs> yeah. Having a majority of them is pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah, I have the definitely. But All right, Joe, you've been talking like before we got on the air you're like, "Oh, we got to get off by a certain okay. point." But you wouldn't tell me. What's up? All right, so here's the deal. These shows
0: typically go long and I was hoping with having it be a soft out at 11:30, I would get to do a bit on the air cuz you know me and I love bits. But <laughs> Um, so this past week um, so I'm, I don't, well, the new Pokemon game for the switch comes out, oh God. uh, this week, right? comes out Friday. And, uh, I went to go cause I was like, th- there wasn't any good, like usually whenever a new Pokemon games comes out, it's like, oh, if you buy it here, you get this as a pre-order bonus. Or if you buy it here, you get this as a pre-order bonus. Yeah, this game, DLC. what was that? Some kind of DLC. No, no, standard. no. So it would be like different like things like you would get like a, a notebook or oh. you would get like a plush or you would get a thing. Right. Yeah. So this year for this game, they decided we're just doing in game stuff. Right. You'll get like you'll start with extra berries or you'll get a Pikachu that has a balloon or some shit like that. Right. Mm. So whenever these games come out, I go, I pull up all whatever the bonuses, like whatever the pre order things are. I show my kid. I'm like, what do you want? this i go okay that's we're gonna pre-order it from okay perfect because this year there wasn't any i go where do you want to get i go this year, this part of your christmas gift he understands there's no santa we had this conversation many times on the show what right so i go where do you want to get the thing from he goes well, i don't care this is no good pre-orders i go okay i go we can order from amazon and they'll ship it and it'll probably be here by friday okay mm. or we can go to gamestop and you're out of school at eleven thirty on Friday after school. I could just take you up there and we can go get it, right? He goes, mm-hmm. "Let's do that." I go, "Okay." So Tuesday, I go up to GameStop because they won't let you like this close to the pre-order date. They won't let you go through the website to pre-order it at the store. If you go to the website, you're going to pre-order and have it sent to your home. And I ain't taking that chance. So I'm like, "Fuck it," I'll just go up to the store. I'll pre-order it for him. Okay. Yeah. Go through the whole thing, pre-order. This, that, the other thing. They're like, okay, here's your receipt. Just bring this up when you come pick up the game. And uh, you can come pick it up on Thursday. I go, Thursday? I go, the thing game comes out on Friday. And they go, oh, yeah, we're doing a midnight release for it. Okay. So I'm like, oh, midnight release, huh? And I got to thinking to myself, I'm like, my kid would get a kick out of that. But he has school the next day. And I'm saying this out loud in the store, right? (laughs) I go, but it's only a half day. You know what it is? Yeah. So I run it by April. I go, "What do you think?" And she goes, and she goes "It's half day at school the next day." Da, 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 da. Right. So I tell, and she goes, "You do whatever you're gonna do." So I tell him, and he like goes out of his mind. He thinks it's the coolest thing in the world to get the game at a midnight release, right? Yeah. He's telling all of his buddies at school. He's calling his buddies. He's telling everyone he's getting Pokemon in the midnight release, right? So. At my the plan was depending whatever we were doing recording the show, I was going to wake him up at eleven thirty. And then I told him, I'm waking you up at eleven thirty. The train leaves at eleven forty-five. Whether you're ready or not, if you're not ready, I'm going up to get the game at the midnight release without you. Yeah. I'll I'll get up. You come in, you make sure I get up. I go, no, no, no. I go, I'm coming to give you a good shake. You get (laughs) up. I got shit to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but I haven't done a midnight release of something since the episode one action figures
1: oh jesus all right
0: you know and that was my brother was getting them he didn't have a license yet he wanted to get the figures i'm like i'll take you i don't give a shit you know let's go right yeah and uh he ended up getting like he had his money saved up from his job or whatever it was that he had and he bought the whole set and they were worthless because the movie sucked Mm -hmm. um but it was just like you know i it's uh you know he's 11. You know this going to go to a midnight release. Going to be a bunch of other weird people there, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh I used to do midnight releases for video games like going to Walmart, but they it's not like you know, they would be open anyways because Walmart used to be 24 hours, so you just stroll in at, like, 1140 or whatever and maybe go back and buy, like, Madden or something like that. Yeah. You know? uh, but I feel like it has to be over 10 years since I've given a shit enough to to go and get something like that, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I never – like, I, there was a period of time from, like, 1996 to 2006 where I was completely out of video games. And then even when I got back into video games, I was buying, like, the compilation discs of old stuff, you know?
2: yeah yeah
1: all right, well, I hope he has fun. I hope you you get your game and he wakes up, and uh you gotta get this podcast edited and up in the next you know ten minutes to make your cut.
0: And it's going to get edited. <laughs> it's going to go through the compressor.
1: You might have to wait till we come back home before it gets posted. Oh, oh well. All right. I guess I'll stay up. You know, I was going to have an early night and go to bed, but I guess I'll stay up till like five.
0: All right. Well, listen, we'll wrap it up here then. This was episode 216 of Adults with Wrestling. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there. Uh, enjoy some wrestling. And if you're going to Rampage or Full Gear, come find me. Say hi.